With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In a shocking twist, Vice published an article where the left is actually advocating for people to take horse medicine in order to induce abortions because with what's happening in the Roe v. Wade draft leak, the world has gone insane, but you knew that. The world's been insane for some time. I mean, Donald Trump was president, and we all know that uh, it just, it seems like we're in some kind of a TV show. I guess it's the joke, right? This, the, the writers for season two, they could not make things more absurd. And so quite literally, Vice publishes an article talking about misoprostol, a horse drug for treating horse ulcers that induces abortion in women. And they're like, this is what you can do. And, uh, and, and in the same breath, in the same paragraph, they're like, also like ivermectin, which is also horse medicine. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? You know what? Please do not ingest horse medicine. I don't care if the left tells you to do it or whoever. But uh, we'll talk about that. We got the Supreme Court Justice, uh, um, Chief Justice John Roberts has confirmed that this uh, leak is in fact an initial draft. And now there's conspiracies running rampant about who leaked it. The left is claiming it was leaked by conservatives. What? To force the other conservative justices, it was leaked by Alito's camp, so it would force them to agree with them because initial drafts can change. And because this got leaked, any change to it now would insinuate public pressure changed their ruling. Yeah, I got to be honest, like literally all of the news is just abortion. And we've got a lot. There's protests. The left is calling for civil war. I'm not even exaggerating this. Like people are like, Tim talks about civil war all the time. They're actually saying they want insurrection, revolution, and they want to effing burn it all down. So uh, I don't know, call it whatever you want, I guess. But uh, we've also got other stuff that's in a similar vein too. We've got the story out of Florida where a family is suing because a school was gender transitioning their child without the parents knowing. So joining us to talk about that and many other things is Helena Kirshner. Hello, I'm Helena. I write and I talk primarily about trans issues from my perspective as someone who detransitioned and identified as trans for about five years. So you're uh, biologically female, mm-hmm. transitioned to male or man, or how, how would you? De- what's what's the proper terminology? Well, I wouldn't say that I transitioned to a man because I was never a man, but uh, I did identify as various flavors of non-binary, and then eventually as a boy, and I took testosterone for about a year and a half. Oh, well. And now you identify as a woman. Yes. Well, I am a woman. You are a woman. Yeah. So this is going to get interesting because there is an overlap, obviously, with all of these issues. And I got to just point it out because we often do. You know, when, when, when reading these stories, when we're starting with the left advocating for people taking horse medicine, I'm just like, there's no principles behind what they're advocating for. It's like there's no logic behind it. So we'll get into all that. We also got Seamus. Seamus, good to be here. I'm the guy who makes Freedom Tunes. We uploaded a video today. We'll be uploading one on Thursday. And I just want to mention... The entire ivermectin horse medicine thing was mostly a straw man directed at the right, but it's so hilarious that like they couldn't even maintain the don't take horse medicine <laughs> position that they totally fabricated to try to dunk on us. It's wonderful. Oh, well, there you go. I'm going to roll a hundred sided die. I don't know if, if you guys are into superstition or if this is actually like a magnetic. Oh, I rolled a four. That's oh, my favorite yeah. number. Look at, look, it's, it's almost very close almost to a 100. 100. Very close. Yeah. Uh, but I am Ian Crossland. Uh, four is my favorite number because when I used to play sorry, the board game, if your first card you drew was a four, you got to go backwards and then immediately got into the safe zone. 
I also like the color green. Well, okay, Seamus. Now you know. Did I you mean, just call me Seamus? Did you just call me Seamus? It's because I read Irish. Yeah, no, it's because yeah, I read a super chat where it said Seamus, and then I just like wasn't thinking. What's up, everybody? Let's get this rolling. Well, this is a very strong start. I'm excited for this evening with Helena. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited to hear what she has to say. Even though our topic is not trans issues, it will be great. We could have the conversation. You know what I wanted to point out? Well, firstly, it's Helena. Yeah. The accent's on the second right. part of the word. Oh, we, yes. we were talking about this a long time before the show. Yeah, but that's kind of a bummer because the song from My Chemical Romance is Helena. Helena. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the Helena. other thing I wanted to point out I'm is sorry. that <laughs> if you guys are going to be putting numbers in the chat for me, you know, 20s, 1s, be a little more creative with exactly what number you think I rolled because it's you know, 5% chance you're going to get a 1 or a 20. Like, you can roll a 12, you can roll a 13, you can roll a 4. It's okay. Four twenty sixty nine. If Ian says something good, that's right. You got five dice to roll, and you roll four two six nine. Wait, four two zero six nine. Yeah, uh, you need a d twenty in there. Yahtzee. Well, I want to ask. Uh, that's a difficult roll. Yeah, uh, Helena. So, what has the response been to your work from transgender activists? Well, I'm well very we, curious. We, we should get in all this too, because yeah. awesome. I don't want to just jump okay. in. We, we actually have a story. Okay. If you head over to timcast.com, you, you can go. actually see the, the the front page story we have right now is about a Florida mother suing a school. That secretly discussed gender transition with her middle schooler, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that later when we have, you know, I want to give a, a dedicated segment where we go deep in that stuff. Well, I hope so, the FBI is looking into her. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, help support our journalists in the top right. You'll see that sign up button. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, which is the show. They go up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. So we'll have a members-only segment tonight, and you're also keeping our journalists gainfully employed. And we're looking to hire more. And we're also going to be doing a bunch of fun culture jamming as marketing. Probably one thing per month, which will be interesting and probably trigger some blue checkies, something like that. And so we've got just a good good plans. And I'm talking with people that I don't want to say who, but people probably can figure out who we're talking with. Um, and we're going to do some fun stuff. So with your support, we're going to rustle up, uh, rustle up some feathers. Um, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Let's jump into this first story from Motherboard, vice.com. Anarchist Collective shares instructions to make DIY abortion pills. DIY medicine collectives are preparing for the horrifying prospect that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Huh. And in this image, I guess that's misoprostal, I suppose. The same with the Supreme Court poised to overturn the constitutional rights to abortion constitutional right. An anarchist collective that makes DIY medicine has released detailed instructions for making abortion pills. The group has previously released instructions for making DIY EpiPen and for making, uh, what is that? Daraprim? Daraprim? I don't you're know. The, you're the yeah. fancy doctor, Lydia. What is that? Daraprim? Yeah, I can't. Uh, Daraprim? Yeah. yeah. I've not seen that word. The Sorry. pill that made farmer bro Martin Shkreli famous. Daraprim. We talked about this a bit on the show that like, uh, I think it was Thomas, with Thomas Massey that horse and no no sheep epinephrine is like 30 bucks for 50 doses and it's like the same dosage a person gets and it's like oh but you can't take sheep take sheep medicine and i think thomas is saying no it's literally the same thing yeah but like an EpiPen is 500 bucks or something the insurance agencies are colluding with the pharmaceutical companies to spike the prices you pay your insurance they pay the claim for you they raise your insurance and then you get this overpriced medicine well, I don't know about all that, Total but what cartel. I do know is in the article it says, in the video, Lawfer explains that besides being used to medically induce abortions, misoprostol is also used to treat ulcers in horses. Hmm. This makes misoprostol powder relatively easy to acquire from veterinary, veterinary sources. 
This is reminiscent of ivermectin, which is used to control parasites in horses, mm-hmm. but also became a favored but ineffective COVID treatment among conspiracy theorists. Huh. Ivermectin's uses, use in horses made it easier for humans to get without a prescription. This is amazing. Lawfer explains in the video how to dose misoprostol and how to press in, uh, it into pills using a scale, corn syrup, powdered sugar, a spray bottle, and a pollen press. They explain that a three-dose regimen of misoprostol is 85% effective inducing, in inducing abortion if taken with mifepristone, another abortion pill, that raises, that rate raises, oh, if taken with uh, mifepristone, is that how you say that? Yeah. The rate rises to 95% effectiveness through, uh, though raw mifepristone is harder to source. So what they're actually saying in this is that people who are outraged over the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade have told people to go to the vet to buy horse medicine so they can have abortions. Look, if the worst case scenario about the ivermectin horse paste thing was that it didn't do anything, it didn't do anything. There were some stories about people getting sick because they would eat like a tube of horse paste and you can't do that. But this actually hurts you. This is like a poison. And and now they're advocating for this? My friends. Well, they've been advocating for poisoning babies for quite a long time. Look, look, look. I know I say this quite a bit. When people go to you and they say, you know, you're lying, your sources of news aren't real or whatever. People say to us, how do I convince my parents or my friends and my family that, you know, the, the news is fake? Here, this, <laughs> after everything they said about horse medicine and Joe Rogan and, they, and the smears, they're now advocating for it. What more do you need to be like, well, now they're saying take horse pills. I mean, look, if at this point someone can see that, and they think to themselves, well, this one's okay. It's like, okay, you have no interest in being honest and, and actually talking about what you believe. You have no principles. Whatever, man. There's a couple layers to this. One is, firstly, it's not horse medicine. It's medicine that they put into a horse paste to feed to horses. In some, same with ivermectin. It's a medicine that was used in a horse environment sometimes, but it's not horse medicine. It's just medicine. Secondly, I talked about this last night. People are going to be inducing a, uh, uh, miscarriages now. This is that's the problem with making it illegal is people are going to keep doing it and they're going to find probably more dangerous and violent ways to do it. That's my concern anyway. Mm. And then this pops up. Yeah, I mean, I strongly believe that fewer people are going to do it. No law is perfect. You're never going to prevent 100% of any crime you try to deter people from committing, but ultimately making it illegal to have abortions does prevent them. And if it didn't, the left wouldn't really be upset about all this. You know, to follow up on that point, I thought the same thing about murder because I last night I was thinking about our conversation and like, you know, if murder was legal, there would be a lot more murder. Yeah. So there is something to making things illegal and preventing the the uh, the proliferation of the activity. Yeah. I just don't like top down. I don't like saying now you now it's illegal so no one can do it anymore. Like now it's illegal to have guns so no one can 3D print them anymore. Yeah, right. People are going to still 3D print guns and you're just going to create a criminal class. No, I agree, especially with gun control, it's complicated because people are finding more and more ways to create them and get them. But ultimately, part of the reason why we oppose gun control is because we know it would be harder to get a firearm and fewer of us would be able to if it were implemented. So there is some effectiveness. I mean, gun control certainly is not effective at lowering gun crime uh, or preventing homicide or anything like that. But it is, in some cases, very effective at getting guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens because the the law can be effective. What do you think, Alana, about all this? I mean, I'm I'm really conflicted on all of the abortion stuff. I mean, I I'm not entirely compelled by the pro-life arguments, but I also I recognize that a lot of a lot of the pro-choice or I guess pro-abortion arguments are 
just coming from very seemingly unwell people and that there's just there's something anti woman anti human something that just hates motherhood about it and it just it really skeeves me out so um i'm just watching all this stuff and and just thinking like how can we have a conversation about this that isn't completely split between these two mm. i don't i don't so uh the argument for over the past week or so with elon musk is that the left you know he posted this meme showing the left moving further and further left and the right's kind of staying where it is and the center then becomes right wing because the left moves so far left and the left keep saying, oh, no, that's not true. That's not happening. My response is, when I was a kid, the right wanted to ban abortion. As I grew up, the left was saying, safe, legal, and rare, a compromise. No late-term abortions. Most people in this country, even today, disagree with abortions after the first trimester. That means second trimester and third, no abortions. I think uh, the New York Times reported this, that uh, Roe v. Wade actually stops certain restrictions on abortion in the second trimester, which creates this paradox. But we get get to that in a a second. So the right today still wants to ban abortion, but now the left wants all restrictions removed, which is a huge leap from where it was when I was younger. Safe, legal, and rare. Meaning in the first trimester, if there are certain issues, so the issues that, that get brought up frequently are ectopic pregnancies which I suppose the, the argument, Seamus, you and Matt Walsh brought up is that mm-hmm. you don't consider an abortion if it's no. an ectopic pre- pregnancy. Yeah. What is no, that It's exactly? the principle of double effect. So basically, there are certain medical procedures you might have to perform on a, a sick woman who happens to be pregnant that could result in the death of the unborn child. And you perform that surgery to save her life. And if the unborn child dies, that's unfortunate. But your intention is not to go in there and kill the child. It's an unintended side effect of the operation. So that I, isn't considered an abortion. I, I think that's a really... Including Im- by certain pro-choice organizations, by the way. Many of them won't call it uh, an abortion. I, I know WebMD doesn't call it an abortion. I believe Planned Parenthood does not call it a so pregnancy procedure. So this is the argument that's, that's often made from the left, because I don't think they're having conversations with conservatives, because I think talking to Matt Walsh was particularly enlightening. He said, if you have to term... He, he effectively said... You can terminate a pregnancy, but it doesn't mean you have to kill the baby. Meaning at certain points, if you can save the baby's life, why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, there, there's an interesting question, I think, for most pro-abortion people, you sh- you sh- we should ask. If a woman is pregnant in the second or third trimester, and the baby can safely be removed ending the pregnancy, but the baby can also be saved, should that be mandated? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think they would say no. It's interesting. You mentioned that the left has become more extreme on this issue, and I completely agree. But on the other hand, I think they've really just become more consistent to their, their base principle here. On the right, the argument was that this is a human life, and so it has to be protected from conception until natural death. And on the side of the left, it was basically the argument that, like, either we don't know if this is a human life, or it outright isn't a human life. And in that case, it doesn't make sense to restrict it at all. So we, we were we were talking a little bit before the show, and Helena was saying you were saying that you know you're not you don't have a really strong position on this. I don't. I but, don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to because I actually I, I I kind of agree with you. There's a uh, I don't have a, I don't have a particularly strong position on this because it's it's almost an impossible moral question, and I keep looking to the left for moral arguments which they don't have. They, they, and so I'm like, okay, I don't know. You know, I've, I've heard the arguments. Like to meet him. I've heard the arguments from the right, and they're static. Like, here's the argument. Life mm-hmm. begins at conception. Mm-hmm. Life, you know, life has rights. The government has to protect the rights of the living. You have two people. And I'm like, there's a really interesting ethical conundrum in here when we're talking about the rights of two people sharing one body and one bloodstream. And then I look to the left, and they say things like, 
life doesn't begin until first breath. That's a, that's a quote from the Bible, I think. They, well, no, no, it's not from the Bible. There are certain people who have tried to argue that because um, Adam takes or God breathes life into Adam in the Old Testament, that that means that Scripture is saying life does not begin until the first breath. But that's an unbelievable reach. And the prohibition on abortion is one of the earliest Christian teachings. I mean, this dates all the way back to the first century, so it's just not true. Either way, I'm not entirely sure um, what the left does want. So my position and my family has always been like what we talk about all the time is it's safe, legal and rare. That's the famous saying. Even Tulsi Gabbard was saying it. And it's like there should be restrictions. And so my position is not particularly strong. I really don't know. And I don't understand why so many people are screaming at the top of their lungs about this because abortion wasn't even banned. It's just going to a state level thing. So it's like, okay, I don't know, petition your state, vote for your local reps. Or if you're the majority of Democrats and you live in a blue state, you have nothing to worry about. I think some of it is just sort of your classic, typical histrionic leftist behavior. Every time something goes wrong for them in politics, they end up throwing a tantrum and will even burn down cities, attack people, commit acts of violence. Another part of it is I think there are some number of people whose consciences are genuinely bothered because either they've had an abortion or they've helped someone participate. You know, they participated in helping someone procure an abortion and they haven't really reconciled with the wrongness of that. And so anything that reminds them that some people don't approve of that behavior really sends them off the edge. I want to pull up this poll from Civics. Which party is more concerned with people like you? I chose the 18 to 34 demographic, and you can see 41% say Democrats, 30% say neither, 25% say Republicans, and I probably fall in that neither camp, and I assume most people watching do. That's why a lot of the arguments coming from the Democrats on this issue don't make sense, because they lump the neither and the Republican groups together. Yeah. Even though like the neither side is like, well, I guess I'll vote for a Republican because the Democrats are nuts, but I don't like Republicans at all. Yeah. Well, and it's also the case that for me, I'm very conservative, but I don't really feel the Republican Party has like my best interests in mind as a person either. And I think most Republicans don't feel that way. It's, it's actually very interesting that 41% uh, say they think the Democratic Party has their interest in minds because in mind, because what that says to me is Democrats are just much more likely to fall in lockstep with the party line and say, Oh, the politician who told me they have my best interest in mind has my best interest in mind. I had a conversation with Steven Crowder. And he asked me about my stance on abortion. And then I was like, I've, my family, you know, I grew up, we were, a, we were pro-choice. These are the arguments we heard. It was always about there being some reasonable restrictions. But now the issue I have, I guess, is like, you know, that, what's it, what's that woman's name? Michelle Wolf? Is it, was that mm-hmm. the comedian? Yeah, yeah. Saluting to abortion, saying everyone gets abortions. Lena Dunham saying she wished, wished she had one. And I'm like, that doesn't represent me or my family and my community at all. And so which party do I vote for? The Republicans want to ban it outright. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if I agree with that. The Democrats want zero restrictions, and they literally have people who are like, at the point of birth, the baby can be killed. They have, it was Northam, I think, right, in Virginia, where he said, the baby will be delivered and made comfortable, and then the mother and the doctor will have a conversation on what to do next. And I was like, what? What? I was like, who am I voting for right now? So when we say politically homeless... Yo, I don't care if these zealot cult people are like, you're a Republican. I'm like, sure, I guess. Because, like, not 
snipping the spinal cord of a baby at nine months right as it's being born. If I have a choice between not doing that and doing that, I'd be like, I guess I'm voting Republican. You know? Yeah. Well, can I just mention yeah. one more thing, Ian, before we jump into this? I think it goes even deeper than that because obviously you and I disagree on this. I don't believe there should be any exception. Abortion should be completely illegal. However, it's not just that the Democratic Party is even necessarily saying abortion up until the last second of pregnancy. In a number of states, as you mentioned, there have uh, been discussions about even allowing the child to die after the abortion has failed. But on top of that, our, you know, quote unquote, very Catholic president, Joe Biden, has talked about appealing the Hyde Amendment and the Hyde Amendment prevents federal funding from paying for abortions. So basically the position of the left is that, yes, taxpayers should be funding this. I want to pull up that video. I mean, it's it, the, like the most extreme possible position. Mm-hmm. I don't trust a lot of these news outlets. So I'm going to try and find this video. Oh, oh, we have Reuters. They have the video. I'm surprised. I want to make sure I play this. So uh, a meme shared by over 70,000 people. Are they going to play the full video? Oh, I can't Ooh, play it. Ooh, you can't. Wait, hold oh, on. Here weird. we go. Okay, this is 50 minutes long. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just have to try and find it. Also, and can I ask you, uh, We obviously we're just having a conversation on which political party people feels represents them. Like, Where do you land there? Do you feel either party no, represents you? or? No, I, I, I really don't. I just I feel very cynically about both. Um, I, I think the Democrats are wrong for obvious reasons, but then the Republicans are just kind of putting up a fake opposition to that and then siphoning off money from all their donors and, and then obviously not really putting up any resistance to it considering the last few decades. Yeah, they yeah. both, Democrats and Republicans, do this. It's all just part of the same machine. It's just... Barack Obama... So this, I, I have to fact check me on this one, but I'm pretty sure Barack Obama campaigned on codifying Roe v. Wade once the they had the presidency, the House, and the Senate. And then once he gets elected, he's like, well, it's not a top concern for me, so I'm not going to do it. We we heard this from Marjorie Taylor Greene that I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene and Thomas Massey that even the Republicans will be like, we don't really want to ban Obamacare because we need the wedge issue. Mm-hmm. So they purposefully try. Was it was that Thomas Massey? I think I don't think I can't remember so. who it was. I don't know. I don't oh, no, 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 no. It was the other guy. It was the other Freedom Caucus guy we had on. What was his name? Older guy, Freedom Caucus. Anyway, he was saying that they go they go to him and they're like, we have the vote to end Obamacare, but don't do it because we need to rally up our base. You know, we don't want to lose the issue. Oh, wow. I'm going to play this for you from Vox. All right, let's listen to this. Exception. There was a very contentious committee hearing yesterday when Fairfax County Delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions as well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth. And she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor, do you support her measure and, and explain her answer? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran. But um, I would tell you one uh, first thing I would say: this is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the uh, mothers uh, and fathers that that are involved. Um, 
there are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Uh, but again, yeah. blown out of proportion. Let, a discussion let me, let me, on what? Is yeah. He's talking about deformities and non-viable fetuses. But he also, said it would be resuscitated, and then a discussion would happen in the context of an abortion. It sounds a lot like, to me, like he was saying a living baby would be kept comfortable and resuscitated, and then we discuss whether we kill it. Mm-hmm. And also, maybe the, I'm I, wrong. Maybe I'm crazy about that. Well, maybe no, I, I sh- that's that is the most straightforward reading of what he just said. And also, when he talks wait, about wait, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just, I just, even outside of that psychotic context, yeah, the woman asking the question is talking about third trimester abortions. Where the baby, the woman is dilating and the baby is about to be born and there would be no restrictions. And he's like, yeah, right. Okay. Well, you see, the thing is, stop right there. That in and of itself mm-hmm. to me is just beyond psychosis. Yeah. He gave the most, I'm not a biologist answer ever to that question. He's like, well, yeah, it's between the doctor and the woman. It's like, what? Killing a baby? The, he mentioned deformities and non-viability. Non-viability, I imagine, means that the baby's not going to survive. Is that what that means? But then why would you kill it? So deformity. Why, wait, wait, wait. Deformity. deformity. Exactly, that's my point. Ian, you're, you're lost in his manipulation. Well, I'm just trying to point the out law what he is, said. The law is not about aborting deformed babies. That's why I'm, that's why I'm bringing that up. Because yeah. he, spent, he specifically said it's about, or at least he thinks it's about mm-hmm. deformities and non-viability. So if a deformed child is born... I just don't see why that would be a reason of whether or not you could kill it. I just, I, that to Imagine, me, either kill it or don't, but don't. It's not about like. I mean, I guess if the deformity is so horrific, like it's born with one lung, doesn't right, have wait. a kidney. Helena, as somebody who doesn't have a very strong opinion based on what you just heard, what do you think? I mean, I, I think that's. <sighs> It's obviously very wrong to kill a living baby. <laughs> like, don't don't get me wrong. And I think like a lot of people they'll argue that this is just a, it, it's an extreme version of like a pro-choice stance. But most women who are getting abortions like aren't you know killing their living babies. But then I think to myself, well, then what does it say about someone like him? Uh, even if he does have that more moderate stance on abortion for I guess normal women, um, what does it say about his logic and his reasoning? More moderate. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's like people will say, Uh, I'm not saying that he's moderate. And again, I don't agree. Like I'm against abortion in all cases, but I believe what she's saying is he, he's representing arguably the more common position on abortion, but then he's also representing this a very uncommon. Yeah. And people will say that this isn't a representation of like the average pro-choice person, but if the average pro-choice person would defend this, what does that say about like their, their ideology in general? Yeah. That's a very good point. He's a guy. He was the governor at the time. Well, and shouldn't, if if this didn't represent pro-choice or shouldn't they be out there decrying it? How could you say this? How could you make our movement look so horrible by smearing us in this way? He really, that was word salad. What he put out there. Like I didn't even Mm -hmm. catch the deformity part until today. And I've heard him say that before. And that's that's like 
That's Look why people Reuters probably aren't did. speaking about it because they don't understand what he said. Reuters like missing context. Nah. I'm like, dude, we all heard what he said, man. I love like, how that, that is just such a magic phrase. You can slap that on everything. Partly false. Yeah. Partly false. Northam was not supporting infanticide. Yo, he literally said the baby would be resuscitated and the discussion would ensue in the context of abortion. What, what, what could he have been talking about? What are they going to discuss? But he gender? Didn't, why didn't he say outright? I think that if a woman is dilating, you should not be able to kill the baby at that point. Is it hard to say? That's It's just insane. It's hard me. for him to say, though. But, but I think part it. of why it's hard for him to say is because he knows that the radical left has an immense amount of power in the Democratic Party. He's a coward who doesn't want to stand for human life. And he's aware that he will destroy his career as a member of the Democratic Party if he says anything about any kind of but abortion also, restriction. I think he honestly supports the 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 activity of killing a fully developed mm -hmm. human baby that is just born that has a deformity, like a serious deformity. Could be true as well. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly what he said. That's absolutely what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really got to strip apart deformity because you could have, like, your finger could be bent and that you're considered deformed as a child because one finger is bent. Like, that's not a reason to abort a kid. Well, and I agree with what you said earlier that there is, I mean, whether someone is deformed or not, that's not a reason to kill somebody. Some deformities are so horrific that you might actually save the child some suffering. I know I'm being it's an extreme example, but like, you know, severe brain damage. I don't know, man. But then you ask that that severely brain damaged person when they're 30 or 40, like, are you glad you're alive? But like what kind of d destruction are they got? Not not destruction, overt destruction, but what kind of like, you know, sucking away of resources are are. are severely deformed people on society. And I, when I say deformed, it's a very vague statement because it's not about like autism. That, I'm not talking about that kind of thing. And even if I don't even think that adds to the deformity. Look, look, well, look. can I, I just want to mention one thing because um, this is obviously a much bigger discussion. I, I just want to sort of say this um, to think about. You mentioned them consuming resources, but what if it's the case that resources are there for humans and not the other way around? The purpose I, of resources. That's very... Um, yeah. Homo superior. I don't like it. I don't so, think that things are here for us. I think we just happen to be here and at the top of the food chain. But if we're talking about resources, like what if it is the case that human life is intrinsically valuable and the reason resources are valuable is because they help us, they help keep us alive. So to say it's better off if this person is dead because that'll conserve resources is self-defeating because the purpose of the resource is to keep a person alive. Only because if people have unlimited food, they, they grow exponentially and overcrowd and destroy the system that they're like the deer population overeats. You know, you, and so there's this built in kind of like starvation method into humanity that keeps us from overgrowing almost it seems like i think i well, think we need to poll the audience if you disagree with ian hit the like button <laughs> if you do, and if you agree with seamus hit the like button yes um then but, we'll know. But smash the, the, that like button i think the problem well, with that uh, is that's malthusianism right and that well, thinking has been debunked by basically all of the historical analyses so as the world population has increased poverty and global poverty has decreased significantly as more people have existed there's been less poverty there have been getting more resources a, getting a little wide on the conversation yeah. i'll just make one more point before we move on one of the deformities uh that people refer to is or, or one of the we'll call it issues that the left often refers to as to why abortions should be allowed is down syndrome and there was uh there's a very famous video of a man with down syndrome i think he's testifying before congress right saying that they would have me killed why it's like these people are alive. They're functioning. They, they are functioning human beings. But it's just because the traits they have are undesirable, people want them terminated before they could be alive. But the people who are alive are happy people. Mm -hmm. I get it that like humans are 
we want to be more than animals, but we're animals and we're just smart animals. And like animals will destroy their young if they're not healthy often. Uh, other non-human animals, like it's just they're going to hold, hold back the pack. You can't, you can't risk everyone else's existence because of one small, feeble child. But and our, so they'll, they'll destroy it at birth, you know? But our society's not crumbling because we're allowing disabled people to live. Our society's crumbling because we don't care enough for one another and we view other human beings as objects in that I way. I don't think it's crumbling. I mean, I, I guess it's just a way of looking at it. I think I, our society's I think thriving the for States, the most part. I mean, there's a lot of tremendous victories that the pro-liberty or right, whatever you want to call it, has, has achieved recently, like Elon Musk buying Twitter. But I think the leak of the Roe v. Wade initial draft shows for the first time in history this happened. Like, yeah, our institutions are basically on fire. 20th century institutions, man. There's 18th century institutions that we're using. It's time to pull up this story. In a tweet from Stephen Marsh, we've had on the show, he says, honestly, guys, when a marriage gets like this, you sit the kids down and tell them it's over and you figure out how to separate with as little pain and suffering as possible. He links to his article from The Guardian in which he makes a very important point. He writes, Civil wars don't always begin with gunfire. Sometimes civil wars begin with learned arguments. In April 1861, Confederate forces shot on Fort Sumter. But at the time, even Jefferson Davis, the Confederate president, had doubts about whether the event mattered all that much. It was, he claimed, quote, either the beginning of a fearful war or the end of a political contest. He could not say which. During the decades that preceded the assault on Fort Sumter, complex legal and political fissures had been working their way through the United States, slowly rendering the country ungovernable and opening the path to mass violence. Yo, I just got to say that uh, civil war is coming. From Fox News, liberals call for revolution in response to leaked SCOTUS Roe v. Wade opinion. Mm. It's not just liberals. There's one guy. He's running for AG in Florida. That's my, I believe that's who this guy is. It's time for a revolution. These are blue check verified Twitter users taking donations through Act Blue, advocating for <gasps> insurrection. Yeah, I'll hold my breath and waiting for the May 2nd commission. So I also want to give one quick shout out to this, uh, uh, this tweet from Madison Cawthorn, who said, because of Donald J. Trump, Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Because if you went 10 years into the past and started <laughs> telling people that, they would call on a 5150, which, for those that aren't familiar, is involuntary commitment to a hospital for mental issues. Donald Trump, he's going to be president, and then Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. They're like, okay, dude, calm down. I think you're losing it. That's not going to happen. And then it did. And here, here we are, and it's quite amazing. But uh, now we have this story from Fox. Check this out. We have other people. Maria Shriver saying, say you want a revolution? Well, you have one here right now. This person says, waking up to another right for my body being threatened in 2022. If they want a revolution, they are going to get one. It's not a revolution. It's a civil war. The Republican position right now is red states get to choose whether they have abortions or not, and so do blue states. The Democrat position is, the entire country should have to allow abortion. One is absolutist. One is a compromise. I'll say it again. The Republicans are compromising. Blue states are allowed to have abortions. Red states don't. And the Democrats are saying, no, we don't care. You have to have abortions. Okay. That's not a revolution when you come out and you say, we're going to force you to have these laws. That's called a civil war. That is not a moral statement about who is right or wrong. It is a fact statement about what a civil war is. So, hey, civil war, guys? No. If there is one, it's going to be global. That's the problem. Uh, and the U.S. is going to get beat like a young – I'm not going deeper on that. And it'll be – corporations will be involved as well. So, no. Not civil war. I, I think when we're talking about why why people want the federal government to preserve 
abortion rights is because if you're in a red state or you say you're in a blue state and then Roe v. Wade gets overturned and your governor's like, don't worry, you can still be here. You set up a family. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people move there. They live there. They have lives. They have businesses. They set up families. Then a new governor gets in and is like, yeah, you can't have abortions here anymore. Like, why would one person get to make that decision? This that's, is gonna be, that's why it's federally instantiated, I believe. It's but gonna, then why would one person get to make the decision to allow it? That's another question because they're making a decision to allow all of those unborn children well, to die. Th- this is funny. The people, the, the left keeps saying men should not be regulating women's bodies. <laughs> and then everyone keeps posting a picture of the Supreme Court in 1973, which is all men. Well, and also like, yeah. our, you know, the, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. She was just, uh, Dominated by Biden for Katanji. Yes, that's right. She could not answer the question of what a woman is. So what are they saying when they're talking about men regulating women's bodies? I just this is the point, you know, with the first story about the horse medicine for abortion. It's like, dude, they they're, they're saying there's a guy, a picture of a guy out in front of the Supreme Court or whatever, holding a sign saying men should not be regulating women's bodies, or it was something like something like if you, uh, uh, it was something about like men. Oh no, no, I know what it said. It said if men could get pregnant then abortion would be enshrined or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, hold on. I'm confused now because y'all are telling me that men could get pregnant for a long time. Yeah. Now you're telling me that they can't, so this is like an affront. I'm just confused at this point. I think this conflict is going to be really interesting because it's not liberal versus conservative. It is cult, amoral versus logic, I guess. <laughs> That's well, one way to put it. I, I, I mean, I'm like, oh, go ahead, go oh ahead. no, I, I would just like to ask you. You, I'm not sure. <laughs> you, uh, I'm not sure which uh, you know social circles you're running in now. I'm sure they've changed since you've detransitioned. But I'm sort of curious bit. what the people around you have to say about all this, and also the not to put you too on the spot, but the prospect of a civil war. In your opinion, <laughs> <laughs> you're 23. Tell us. He's <laughs> like, do you think which side will you be on? No, but I, I am curious about how the people around you've been responding to this. That's part of why I'm so conflicted because I do, I guess, um, talk to a lot of women who I do highly respect. I think they're intelligent. I think that they are moral people. They're not, you know, some of these crazy people that you see in the most extreme cases. And they really, really, really care about abortion. And obviously, you know, abortion being as accessible as possible. And then I'm just kind of sitting there thinking like, well, A, I don't feel that strongly about it. Something about it makes me very uncomfortable. And, you know, I get confused thinking about all of these different like extreme possibilities of what could happen because I'm still just trying to like slow down and think about, okay, well, is it a human life or not? And I, I don't see the argument for why it's not a human life. And then if it is a human life, then how is ending it okay? Like that, I'm kind of like stuck there. So it sounds, hold on, hold on. on. I have have an important question. In, in your uh, life experience, going through transition and detransition, do you feel that you were lied to by elements of the left? Uh, yes, absolutely. And that's, I'm, I'm highly skeptical of that. And even when that, uh, Ralph Northam guy, uh, says, oh, it's between a woman and her doctor. I hear that exact same thing said about the trans kids. It's about the kids and their doctor. And I know that sets off alarm bells in my head that like this person's a liar. And then, so that's basically my, my follow-up question is, do you think that they may be lying to you about abortion? Absolutely. I, I, I know for a fact that they are. This is, this is the big issue that, that I personally face because, uh, you, you know, I mean, traditionally liberal my whole life. But now the problem is, oh, I love doing this. You ready? Trayvon Martin's story was a lie. Mm. Jesse Smollett was a lie. Covington Kids was a lie. Kyle Rittenhouse was a lie. Russia Gate was a lie. Ukraine, Ukraine Gate was a lie. Ahmed Arbery's story was a lie. Come on, guys. What else? COVID. 9-11. Uh, 
The ghost of um, ghost of Kiev. Kiev. That was a That's lie. Right. Also a lie. Uh, so all of these stories keep turning out to be false. And then I'm supposed to believe anything these people say. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know, man. I have, I don't. I just don't believe you. I don't believe any it's of them. So no, no, no. Hold, and hold on. I'll say this. I really don't respect or like Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy or exactly. Any of the I don't think those people are honest either. I don't think right. they're telling me the truth. Like when they share their arguments, I'm like, you're a liar too. So mm-hmm. it's just it's hard. They don't. They don't. It's they don't right. want. I don't think the Republicans actually want um, abortion to be banned. Because just like the Democrats, they need the wedge issue. Mm-hmm. I think for some number of them, they recognize that too. Some percentage of the population, they would kind of become politically irrelevant if abortion was illegal. So some of them probably cynically exploit the issue. But I am curious to, to ask you, when you were in the process of, I guess they would call it transitioning, was there anyone in your life who tried to warn you against it or tried to stop you from going down that path? Um, the only person really would be my parents, but they, I just don't think they really knew how to handle it. I mean, how does anyone know how to handle that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they reacted very emotionally. And I think that that just furthered the schism between us and just sent me like it, it literally, you know, ruined our relationship for like a year. We didn't even talk. Mm. Um, so that was pretty much the only person, but everyone else, including at my school, it was all like, yeah, you're a boy. Do you wish that there had been more people in your life at that time who would stand up for you and your dignity and and protect you from that? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Definitely. What yeah. was it? Well, I think that you can be that voice for the unborn. Because mm. I think you recognize that it is a life and it does begin at conception. And I think you could do a lot of good in protecting the innocent in a way that you weren't protected when you needed someone. So I think like everything. a really big portion of this argument that is left out when it comes to the left. One of the things I heard is what happens if the um, the placenta breaks early on in the pregnancy and it's terminal for the baby and the woman. Republicans wouldn't allow an abortion in the circumstance. Seamus. Yes. If that something like that happened. Wait, could you repeat the question? So someone posted, it was like on Twitter, and they said, in the instance where a woman is like in a second trimester mm-hmm. and the placenta breaks, it's ruptured, and the baby and the mother will both die unless the baby is removed, they say Republicans would not allow that. So, again, my answer is you perform whatever surgery is necessary to save the mother without the intent to kill the child or without directly harming the child. And if the child dies as an unfortunate side effect of that, that happens. But that's not the same as an abortion. So I think that's an important semantic component that is overlooked, that when at least you and Matt Walsh were describing it, you're talking about abortion as 
specifically and only the intentional act of killing the baby. Yeah, when you go in there. Now, I think there could be an argument to be made that like, someone could behave recklessly and kill a child and be morally culpable for that as well. But, yeah, an abortion is the direct intentional murder of an unborn child. No, no, involuntary abortion, that's called miscarriage. There's so, abortions. Yes, yeah, spontaneous the tr- abortion is, right, 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 is a medical term that is sometimes used. Spontaneous abortion is a medical we're term not, that's sometimes used to describe yeah. a miscarriage. We're not, talking about, we're not talking about the dictionary. We're talking about what is Seamus and Matt Walsh's intent. In their language. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I can understand where he's coming from in terms of law. Because I don't think it's reasonable. If a woman is like, I have a medical issue with my pregnancy and we're both going to die, it does not make sense to me that a conservative would be like, well, then you have to. That no, that's I, why the woman has the right to carry a, a weapon, a Second wait, Amendment, what? to protect herself. Oh, right. Well, no, the point I'm making is in talking with Seamus and Matt, mm-hmm. as well as many other pro-life people— there's, I've not encountered a circumstance where a pro-lifer has said the woman and the baby should both die if they have to. Yeah. But I'm, okay, so if we're going to make abortion, mm-hmm. does that include miscarriages? Like, Mm-mm. like involuntary abortions? Or are they just talking about voluntary Is abortions? a stroke oh, murder? Thing. Yeah. If you use the CIA stroke gun, then maybe, <laughs> but I don't know. Sure. If Good it's answer. an induced stroke. If, if somebody, I, I think this is a silly argument that I've heard quite a bit. And it's just like, but what about a miscarriage? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes people die. We don't, you don't go to prison if you're, like, a guy has a heart attack. They don't go, well, time to arrest somebody. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, what is a voluntary or involuntary is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, there are people who obfuscate that, obviously, and make it seem involuntary. Can we have a, I'd like to, I'd like to move over to a social also, component of this. I, story. I just want to mention one more thing. I think there are instances where the left will are, like, I have read um, petitions signed by, like, literally hundreds of doctors that have said there's no such thing as a medically necessitated abortion. There are instances where surgery might need to be performed that, per, like, poses a risk to the life of the unborn child, but there's no such thing as an instance but this, where you this, have this, to go in and you have to kill the child. And this is important because what you're saying is, you are not referring to the intentional mm-hmm. act of killing the baby yeah. for the sake yeah. of removing it. Mm-hmm. You're saying in the instance where a mother is has some medical issue, the intention isn't to kill the baby, mm-hmm. but the baby might die because of it. Yeah. Were you always like uh, anti-abortion growing up? My whole life I've been anti-abortion. In fact, there was a period of time in my late teens where I, I really didn't take my faith seriously. And I think for all intents and purposes, I could probably be described as atheistic. And at no point during that, a period in my life that I ever think it was okay to so, kill an unborn child. I just couldn't wrap my head around that being acceptable. Let, let, let me ask you this. A woman is 20 weeks pregnant mm-hmm. and something occurs where the doctor is like, if we do not terminate this pregnancy, the mother will die. I want to be very careful about this because as I've said, I've, I mean, I've read literature from doctors and I've, I've spoken to doctors who have said that this kind of thing doesn't happen. Again, there are instances where a surgery could pose a risk to the life of the unborn instead child. Of talking but about, if we're talking no, about no, 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 like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, instead yeah. of trying to say it doesn't happen, so I can't answer it. Let's just hypothetically. I, would, 20, well, I think I've laid out my principles, right? If, if there is a surgery that will save the mother's life, but it poses a risk to the life of a child, and no, that no, surgery is the only thing. Absolute death. Like, 20 weeks, you will die unless this pregnancy has ended right now. Get a second opinion. What, what, what would <laughs> three doctors answer. tell you that okay, now? Right. Great. Three doctors all say, yeah, the, uh, the baby is killing you mm-hmm. because of, you know, this medical issue. Yeah, if it's and the case that the, the mother will die, I think you, you save her and you also do everything you can to save the baby. But not intentionally kill the baby in the yes, process. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So and you still baby, do everything you can to if, save the baby and the mother. What if the surgery um, is much safer if you kill the baby and remove it as opposed to a much more risky procedure where you, have, you can try and preserve the baby and maybe the woman will live? 
Uh, again, I mean, we're getting so that just getting, doesn't yeah. exist. Well, in my that opinion, I say you destroy exist. the fetus to give the woman the best chance of survival. But that doesn't. I mean, that scenario doesn't exist. That's like, what if you have to shoot a five-year-old? Oh man, like, yeah, it could be mine. Seamus, Seamus, always. Seamus, was it Seamus? Yeah, I, I it's think always at that my point, power cable. I, I would be more comfortable airing on the side of do whatever the the most likely thing for the mother of survival, whether that means if it means that she's got a 10% chance less, if you go for the, say, ah, that's a, you know, it's it's funny though. How many stories have you heard where uh, a mother who has cancer foregoes chemo to save the life of her baby? It has happened. I've heard a lot for a while. It happens a lot. There's a, it was a really famous story that was only, I think a year ago where a woman raised a bunch of money. She said she had cancer and they said, you need to go on chemo now or you'll die. It'll also kill your baby. And she was like, nope, baby lives. I'll die. I always hate that when doctors are like, if you don't do this, then this. And you're like, dude, who are, what kind of authority do you think you are? Yeah, you went to med school. Good job. Well, I mean, you can choose like, to trust your doctor. If you don't or eat this, you'll die. Let's, let's jump like, over to the, the social components here because we got some funny stuff to talk about. In this Reddit post from two X chromosomes, which is transphobic, by the way. Very transphobic. They write, just canceled a first date this week because I can't emotionally handle more men in my life after all of this. After the SCOTUS news, the idea of having to laugh at some dude's jokes and listen to him ramble on about his life and possibly kiss and have sex with him, knowing he has all the rights in the world, and I don't, I just can't. I don't have the emotional energy to even fake a smile. I don't know when I will. This was one of the highest rated posts on the 2X chromosomes uh, subreddit. And, um, yo, this is some kind of borderline or it's insane histrionics I, I, well actually maybe let's ask the, both of the ladies in the room do you ever feel like guys are walking around like I have all of these rights <laughs> I laugh at you yeah. and your subjugation what is this do you do you ever feel this way as women that men are walking around going I just don't understand how the man has the right to have an abortion when men <laughs> don't get pregnant well hold on wait wait men but hold on and I was told men can get pregnant oh, yeah. can get that's abortion. true no, 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 wait, that's very this true is, this is really interesting Two X chromosomes has a pride flag right here in their in the subreddit. You can see when you pull it up. So uh, you can see right here they have the pride flag as like part of the colors. But they're saying more men in my life have all the rights. But what about a pregnant man? A pregnant man would not have the right to an abortion right. by their logic and standards. I don't think they have any logic. No, they. Don't. I think it is just it's like it's it's I, you know what I call it? it's fire. Mm-hmm. It's chaotic. It expands. It's in, and it and it consumes. This it's makes this fear this, no, and propaganda sense. that just is making people crazy. Like I genuinely just, I I don't feel this strongly about it because I don't feel that pregnancy would be the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to me that would end my life. And so I need to like have this much fear that controls me about it. If mm-hmm. you hear that states you don't live in may restrict abortion in a few months. And then you look at some random man and you're like, I just can't. You, you and your rights. Get out of my sight. It's just, you're, <laughs> you're, you've lost it. Yeah, completely. Something is wrong. It's absurd. Well, it's also, again, men, it's not as if men have the right to go. I mean, I guess the male abortion doctors do, but I think, you know, they should be stripped of that right as well. Now, now they don't, right? Once abortion is illegal. So I have no idea can we, can what we, they're talking about. Can we give a collective shout out to all of the women who do this every time? They say, it's time to stop having sex with men. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, like, Strata, that's the but, play. But they're thinking, they, they think that it's like some punishment and all the conservatives are like based. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like, I'm not, you know what? You know what? Because of these far right conservatives, I'm just, I'm not going to have sex with a man until our values are similar enough to have a child together and he commits to me for life. And it's like, this, yeah, that's good. This that's, was actually a post I saw. 
It was a woman saying, ladies, it's time for a sex strike. And it was like, explain to the men that it's too risky now. That because they could get pregnant and that means having a baby, they can't risk having sex with a man. And it's just like, that's the conservative argument. Like, you're literally making the conservative argument for like, not having sex out of wedlock. I think, but what you're ignoring, Tim, is they're actually talking about creating this institution where the woman only has sex with one man she trusts to raise a child with her in case she does get pregnant, and they're not allowed to leave each other. So I think that's like a new, original, interesting idea. Yo, you know what was one of the craziest things I was reading about? That there were lesbians who became straight during COVID lockdown. Did you, you, you don't see those stories? There was one, it was like, I think maybe Vice published it, where it was a woman, she was like, I'm a lesbian, but I was quarantined with my roommate who's male, and we started dating and like huh. hooking up. Mm. And then she was like, she changed, like something... Well, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. And the same, it's interesting because in the same way that we are not allowed to acknowledge the existence of detransitioners, such as yourself, you're also not allowed to acknowledge the existence of people who no longer identify as homosexual. I think you guys is this, are. Uh, is this it from Slate? Yeah, my identity is less important than my intimacy. Yes, yeah, it's from April 10th, 2020. Ooh. A quarantine fling with my roommate has me questioning my sexuality. So I think this was, uh, yeah, it's like running her hands through his chest hair. She hasn't hooked up with a man in three years, but then she got locked down with him and her identity didn't matter anymore. And I'm like, it's a confusing article to me because sexuality and identity are different to these people. I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't know how much that is like an actual lesbian turning straight because of the pandemic and how much of it is just like the queer ideology about what a lesbian actually is. Like, I think that there's a lot of people who are involved in these communities and they call themselves gay or they call themselves a lesbian. But it's like they're thinking of it more from like a gender identity perspective as opposed to like actually growing up being like a homosexual person. That's interesting. So I, I would ask you, as someone who did detransition, do you uh, like reject the idea of transgenderism altogether or do you just believe that was something that didn't work for you? Um, yeah, I, I reject the whole category of awesome. trans, trans people. I don't think that that's a meaningful category. Cause it's like, can we get a definition of that, please? Mm -hmm. What is a trans person? And how is that different from a person who identifies as trans and then no longer identifies as trans? Yeah. And that's a very good point. And not only do they not have a definition for that, but they've dispensed with important definitions for things like woman or man. So mm -hmm. it, it like causes the system to become incoherent. But I'm curious as someone who, you know, spent, you said five years mm -hmm. as transgender, what, what made you see that this was not well, legitimate? Let's, let's start from the beginning. How did, how did you come to be trans and then how did you come to not be? Yeah. So it wasn't like I just woke up one day and went from being myself to wanting to be a boy. Um, so growing up, I never, I wasn't like, super masculine or anything i was never even really like a tomboy i feel like I, I had like a good even mix of like girl typical boy typical interests and stuff um so it really started for me when i started using the internet a lot um for me it was tumblr that i started using the most and on tumblr um there is a strong emphasis on like social justice ideology and so in order to participate in those communities you have to adopt a lot of those beliefs so i kind of adopted those like radical progressive beliefs about gender and and race and and everything honestly um and in that environment it's it's highly encouraged to like experiment with your gender identity like you see all of these 
messages that are just like, oh, well, if you don't like your body, that's a sign that you're trans. Or if you read certain kinds of fan fiction, that's a sign that you're trans. And you should change your pronouns. You should cut your hair and just see how it feels. And then every time you do that, you cut your hair to see how it feels or you change your pronouns, then everybody comes and like lavishes positive attention on you. So I think it was like, like two or... Yeah. Yeah, but it's for me in my case, I know that there are legitimate cases of grooming where adults actually Mm -hmm. I mean, there are trans activists who brag about how many minors they've sent hormones to through the mail. Um so that that definitely is a thing that happens. But for me it was mostly like just other teenagers who were going through, I don't know, loneliness, depression, um, eating disorders are also really common, who were just kind of all latching on to this idea that they were born in the wrong body or they're they're meant to be someone else and they can just discover that and then they can bring that into the real world that must feel very difficult you know to think that you are not actually yourself or you are not actually the person whose body that you occupy um i would say it's very easy for someone who's disconnected from reality and Mm -hmm. doesn't have a lot of ties to like the real physical world like for context in my adolescence i was one of those kids who like I didn't really play any sports. I didn't have a lot of friends in real life. I mainly just kind of was online doing creative things like writing and and doing art and talking to other people online. So I think it's easy to get lost in like, especially as a creative person, you can get lost in these ideas about who you are and what you can become. Mm -hmm. Well, I I I just want to clarify by by difficult. I don't necessarily mean um, it's, it's difficult to pull off or do I'm I'm saying it, it it sounds like it would be painful no, to, to feel as though you had not matched what you were meant to be. It's possible. I'm off base here. Yeah. I think the feelings that brought me to search for that were painful. Mm. So I was like, I had a, a ton of self-esteem issues. I had depression um, and all this kind of stuff. So that was incredibly painful. But the idea that, you know, the source of all that pain was that I was meant to be another gender and that I can transition it'll fix everything that wasn't painful interesting how did then, you can i just ask you mentioned i just got to ask that you mentioned fan fictions what were people saying that fan fiction said about your gender identity That's- yes so um one thing on tumblr that is uh very very popular it's not fringe at all it's very popular is like male male fan fiction it's like gay fan fiction um, and so people will say that, oh, if you're a girl and you read gay fan fiction, that is like the number one sign that you're actually a boy inside. What? Yeah. How old were you when you first got into the um, Tumblr? 13. Yes. 13. And yeah. so how did you come to change and, and, and move away from all of that? So it actually took bringing that into the real world by, you know, actually trying to look like a boy and like act like a boy and be in like male spaces using the men's restroom. I actually did that. Um, I was just like, holy crap. Like this is not right for me at all. You you, you were taking testosterone for a year and a half. Yeah. I was taking testosterone for a year and a half. And another uh, part of it that made me really uh, regret it and realize that it was a mistake is the fact that the testosterone had extremely negative effects on me. Like what? Um, so for me, it was mostly psychological. I wasn't on it for long enough for it to have like any long-term physical effects, but um, just it really destabilized me. And another piece of context is that the people who prescribed me, it prescribed me four times the dosage that I should have started on. Um, and that's a whole other story we can get into if you Whoa. want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so basically I, I got my testosterone from Planned Parenthood and it was just one appointment. I walk in, um, they talk to me for like 20 minutes and then I sit down with a nurse practitioner and she says, okay, we're going to start you on like 25 milligrams. And then I say to her, well, I think that I need more because my hips are big. So I think I have extra estrogen and I'm going to need more testosterone to look like a boy. And she did not push back on that whatsoever. And she just asked me like, okay, well, how high would you like to go? And then I said, what's the highest we can do? And she said, okay, we'll start you on 100 milligrams. And then, yeah, I just got sent out the door. Planned Parenthood. Interesting. They're bad people, it turns out. Yeah. Was there physical, any physical nausea or anything? Um, no. Did you want to fight people? Yes, that was the thing. Really? Like, I literally was just completely transformed into, like, a different person. Like, um, the way I describe it is, like, my, I stopped having a wide spectrum of emotion. And instead of, like, okay, something happens and it makes me feel abandoned. So then I'm nervous. So then I'm sad. So then I cry. I would just go straight from, like, point A to point I'm going to... Anger. F- now you know what it's like somebody. to be a guy. Yeah, that's how they always say. Right. I yeah, was nodding to Shane. I'm like, crazy. Yeah, yeah we were, Tim and like, I had a moment. We're like, yes. Yeah, it's like right. you're what a dude, and you're like working in the backyard, and you're like trying to hammer a nail, and then you hit the nail, and the nail drops. You get angry. Ah! <laughs> yes. You're, you're skateboarding, you're trying to do a trick. You miss. It's angry. Ah! And you like, walk into the kitchen to get a sandwich. There's no more roast beef. Ah! And like you're you just punching things. <laughs> that, but imagine you're actually a neurotic 18 year old girl. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, you had it all. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. I yeah, remember it's horrible. There was a Simpsons joke about that where Ralph or something was taking. No, no, it was Martin. He was like, they put me on testosterone. You want to fight? There, there was uh, there was another really good bit. It was a Halloween special, and Bart's talking to these robots, and they're like, you're a human. What's it like to have feelings? He's like, I said I'm a human, not a girl. <laughs> um, Helena, did there, was there other chemicals than testosterone that you or that they put on you or that you used or anything? Oh, not that they – well, I was on a bunch of psych meds also is the other thing um, because the – testosterone very fun it like it the rage attacks that it sent me into were so intense that i ended up actually hurting myself oh man and wow yeah so i had to be hospitalized twice for these reasons rage yeah yeah like it was like totally nothing that i was ever prepared for i don't even think it's normal for like men like i think it was beyond what is normal yeah well i mean some people have anger problems i guess but yeah maybe but they put you on i mean that your body isn't meant for that stuff right exactly yeah my body's not meant for it and it was four times the dose i was supposed Mm -hmm. to be on i wonder if the aggressive trans movement that we're witnessing is part of a testosterone uptake yes Literally, yes. It's a bunch of people with endocrine disorders induced by the doctors and nurses that they're seeing to treat their gender dysphoria. So they're getting getting a a lot of testosterone and they're getting aggression because of it. A lot of testosterone and men who are on estrogen. Like people's – like your brain and your body is meant to work on the hormones that you are meant to produce. You're not going to be a mentally or physically healthy person if you're taking a bunch of testosterone as a woman or a bunch of estrogen and suppressing your testosterone as a man. And isn't it insane that not only is that a controversial thing to say nowadays, but that it's it's not even just not commonsensical. Like people are angry with us for pointing this out and they're angry with you for saying, "Hey, like I actually did it. It doesn't work." So so I tweeted this it's strange that if you oppose sex change surgery for minors, you're considered right-wing. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, like hands down. And the two responses I got were people saying. You're a transphobe or you're a liar. That's not happening. Hmm. And so it seems like there's probably a lot of people who align themselves with Democrats of the left who don't realize what is happening, both with um, chemical intervention and surgical intervention for minors. Hmm. They don't. I mean, a friend of mine, he goes by Billboard Chris on Twitter. He does this thing where he goes out to various public spaces and he has conversations with people about this trans stuff. And he was talking to this young woman about how kids are being sterilized, which is what happens if a child is put on puberty blockers and then cross-sex hormones, they will be sterilized. That's not debatable. Cross-sex hormones? Cross-sex hormones. That's not debatable. They will be infertile. They will be sterilized. And this young woman who was so passionately arguing with him, she refused to believe that children were being sterilized. She was like, that's not happening. That's not happening. It's like, no, that's happening to thousands of children. It's such so country. New, it's new technology. I think what you were saying, it's important that we have the conversation. It might, people may get angry about stuff in general, but it's such a new technology. It's important that we open up the debate. Well, we do have this from the Christian Post, which oh. I'm sure the left will not be happy with, but NewsGuard has certified them at 74.5, which I must add is substantially higher than the Daily Beast. <laughs> so don't come <laughs> to me with that. And they say puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones do sterilize children, hospital consent docs show. And it could be interesting, too, to see their citation because I would imagine it's not going to be coming from uh, their well, own. Well, I mean, informed just... consent documents from Children's Hospital Los Angeles obtained by the California Family Council revealed the hospital has also warned patients and parental guardians that drugs do indeed yield infertility in those who undergo the experimental procedures. Just think about it, okay? So the way that your body matures and you become fertile, you achieve sexual development, is because your sexual organs, whether they are testicles or ovaries, during the process of puberty, they receive the hormones that they're supposed to receive. So testicles during puberty receive or make testosterone and that is what allows you to be a fertile male and it's the same for a woman with estrogen and progesterone and all that kind of stuff the menstrual cycle if you suppress a child's puberty so that that never happens and then you put the wrong hormones into their body their organs are never going to get what they need to develop to become a fertile adult and it's irreversible yes wow i mean once you miss that boat right it's not like they can put you through puberty later on um, you don't develop, you don't develop. I'm curious, speaking of, of um, giving this stuff to young people, how old were you when Planned Parenthood prescribed this? So I was 18. Okay, so you were yeah. of age. Yeah, okay. I was. I was. But I, I also, I don't know how meaningful that distinction is because it's not like, oh, I'm 
17 and you know i'm turning 18 tomorrow now i'm a child that deserves protection but then that next day on my birthday i no longer deserve any protection and anything i want to do to my body if i want to walk into a planned parenthood and get 100 milligrams of testosterone uh, there's nothing wrong with that planned parenthood for prescribing me that well it's also insane in any context that a doctor would say well you know the patient who has never been on this medicine before let's say it was a legitimate treatment which it isn't but even if it was for a doctor to say this patient who's never taken this medicine before is telling me they need more of it so i'm going to give them more it was it. a nurse responsible. it wasn't even or a, doctor, a nurse yeah a nurse. yeah yeah a the nurse, nurse had the authority nurse, nurse practitioner pra- yeah nurse practitioner and she they had do. the authority or he or she had the authority she. to 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 up your dosage without a doctor yeah present. yeah and no blood work either that's another thing wow yeah and, and so what i mean this what was planned the process? Parenthood. and i have doing this i have all yeah, the, the records i can back all of this up in um, land parenthood yes oh. it's just they're the most evil organization on the planet controversy man wow And most people don't even know. And I want to ask you, what were the first parts of the process that really led up to the medical intervention? I mean, did you have to see a therapist first? What did you need to show the people at Planned Parenthood in order to be able to get this prescription? I needed to show them $200 in cash. Oh, boy. The profit. So they wanted to see green pictures of dead presidents. (sighs) Yes. And that was that's it. all. They yes, didn't ask for any medical records. Excited. They didn't ask for any information from a therapist nope. or counselor or nope. psychologist. Nope. None of it. Just nope. money. Give us yes. the money. We'll give you this medication. If you'd yes. been 17, would they have needed your parents to come in or something? In the in my state, yes. But there are states, like, for example, Oregon, it's 15. You don't need parental consent to get any hormones or surgeries in Oregon at 15. And I believe it's the same in California. And there are several states that are like that. Wasn't it like D.C. tried to make it so that if you were 11, you can get vaccinated without telling your parents? Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's unbelievable. Like, this is the crazy thing. This is why we're seeing the thing in Florida, the parental rights and education bill, because parents have a right to know what's happening with their children. And uh, I'll ask I'll ask you about this. You 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 followed the parental rights and education bill, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Lies, once again, from the left. Absolutely. It's just... They do it all the time with everything. The the trans movement does this. They attach everything to gay rights because they understand that, you know, many, many, many more people support, you know, the idea that uh, taking a gay person to some horrible conversion therapy, conversion therapy camp is terrible. Um, Or, you know, most people, I think, would would kind of not be super threatened about the idea of a teacher, I guess, explaining to a child why the other kid in their class has two fathers or something like that. So they take those things that people, you know, accept and are not as controversial, and they just smuggle in the gender ideology and the trans in kids with it. There's a really funny meme where uh, it was like at a grade school. One of my students came in and was explaining to the class how they had two moms and everyone starts clapping. I saw this. And then everyone was like cheering and celebrating. It was a little then, Muslim kid. But then it turned out it was a Muslim who had a polygamous father. <laughs> with, with the two wives, yeah. <laughs> with one people were yeah, yeah. like clapping like, it's so gender diverse. <laughs> but no, it was actually patriarchy. Yeah, politi- political memes comment posted it and they put the, author- the, 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 like the lib left over the two moms and the authoritarian right. They put blue over it. <laughs> This is this whole conversation is really kind of reinforcing the the psychological effect of the internet that it's having on kids. Yes. Mm. Like, would you let your kids use the internet? What What's your thoughts on that? I don't know. It's hard because I think at this point, like, you cannot close Pandora's box. And I think that when I do have kids, that'll be something that I am navigating, and it'll be very difficult. But I do think that like parents need to be so much more involved. And like one analogy that I kind of make is like 
when your kid wants to go for a sleepover, a lot of parents would ask a lot of questions. They would say like, oh, well, who is this friend? What's their parents' phone number? Where do they live? What do their parents do? Maybe you might even want to meet the parents first or meet the kid first. But when it's the internet, they're spending their time with thousands of strangers and you have no idea who I was, they that are. Is a last Very night, good way I was thinking it. like today's cult leaders aren't the people on the ranch doing LSD with 30 other people and, and having group orgies. It's the YouTubers. They're the cult leaders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. I want to show you well, what your kids are uh, are watching. <clears throat> so this has been removed from YouTube, but this was very prominent for several years. And it's Nursery Rhymes 3D Animation PewDiePie Fighting Hitler. Let me pull this <laughs> other one that's, uh, I think, you know, a lot funnier. is the Hulk and Hitler. And I think I think Hitler in this one is in a bikini. I'm not, I could be wrong. I think the hit How brave of her. Oh, no, it's actually them just fighting or whatever. And let me, let me see if I can play the songs. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> So wait, wait, when did they colorize this? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, not, yeah, that wasn't yeah. Hitler's real voice. What, are you sure? <laughs> I met so him actually. Wait, wait. Okay, so I thought that was the right one, but it wasn't playing the thing that I thought huh. it was going to play. Let me see. Yeah, look at that victory dance. Oh, there we go. There we go. It was. I, I saw it for a second. Look at his hand. Look at Hulk's hands. Look at this. Look at this. What is going on? What a finger, what a finger, where are you? Here I am, here I am. So there was this period where this thing called Elsagate was going on, and this was a component of it, where algorithms were creating these videos automatically and then just auto-uploading them to YouTube. And parents would give their iPads to their babies, and their babies, they would turn on nursery rhymes. But then the YouTube algorithm would automatically load up this stuff with like Hitler doing Tai Chi and a lot and, worse a oh, lot yeah. worse there was crazy stuff where it was like kids drinking piss mm-hmm. and oh like my gosh I par- about it was that. cartoons it was pornography cart- and gore I knew uh, there were some that were like you had children's characters from beloved franchises basically telling kids to make bombs just really crazy stuff what, wasn't there a thing with Peppa Pig where he like there, yeah 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 I'm pretty sure it was Peppa Pig I could be wrong but there were cartoons where it would auto-generate these videos, and the thumbnail would be like Peppa Pig drinking piss in a, next Ugh. to a urinal, and then the video would be him killing other Peppa Pigs and stuff like that. Just really weird stuff that they would just make because the babies can't change the channel. The babies are just staring at it like, and like they're watching this crazy just stuff. Just being warped by this garbage. How That's old, so scary. How old were you when you first saw porn on the internet? Uh, I was actually pretty fortunate. So my dad, he really tried to protect me and he like set a lot of like safety parental regulations on my computer. So I got to avoid it until I was like 11 or 12. Did you know Whoa. it existed? <laughs> I thought you were going to say like 15 or 16, 11 or 12. Wow. Did you, did you know it was out there? Um, I, I, I can't really remember. I remember, um, one, I was on YouTube and it was like back when you could actually find porn on YouTube and I was like looking. You still can. Oh, really? Yeah. The, it's just, Matt, it's, it, there's like what's in my butt challenge and it shows, there's like a video of two, two guys just, you know, literally doing it. Gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember finding something and, and it wasn't even anything like hardcore or anything, but I, I mean, I was a child, so I was pretty, uh, g- concerned about it. I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, wow. I mean, that, that's, that's horrible. What about you, Seamus? When, you're a little older. I mean, but how old were you when you first saw porn on the internet? Well, I don't, I didn't, um, I, I, well, actually, when I was young, I had a friend of mine, we were just out walking and he like pulled 
porn out of his wall, and I was like, I'm not supposed to look at that stuff. Uh, on a video? This kid, no, no. He, like, he literally had a physical crinkled up pornographic <clears throat> yeah, that image that he had, like, in his wall, and I was like, don't show me that. I think, I think, I, I think how were you Ian, when you first... Ian, Ian, you told me the story before that as soon as you you know you were a teenager when when the internet was discovered, you were the first person to put porn on the internet. I'm, there's too many jokes to make right now that I will not make on the internet. Um, I, I saw like Playboy when I was like six or eight or something. My you know my friend had them, his dad had them in the basement. So we I don't, I don't, I, I've been using computers for a really long time, but honestly, my I think I was way older than you are, maybe fourteen. Oh. So for me, a lot of the stuff I was doing online was like flash animation stuff. I wasn't – like it never occurred to me to do those things. Yeah, I was like 21 You know what? Actually, what? I did. I, I should I should mention I think when I was like 15, I was using someone's computer and it had a virus and just pornographic images started popping up. So I guess yeah, there was, there's a lot of pop-ups in general, yeah. just pop-ups of like, you know, Russian uh, single hot ladies and then it's like pornographic Take the phones away from your kids. Do not yeah. let your kids. CEOs yeah, exactly. of these big tech companies don't let their kids have access to the internet. Mm-hmm. No, and and think. I mean, look, they'll they'll let your kid have access to it. That's why you have to protect them. That's why you can't let them look at this stuff. The first thing I thought when you mentioned Tumblr was, my goodness, it's so dangerous to allow kids to go on the internet because I think a lot of parents would not even know. They, no, and that's exactly the problem. They don't know because they don't make that connection where it's like, okay, the kid's staring at the phone, but what they're doing is they're communicating with other people, even if it's not a direct chat when they're scrolling something like they're getting messages from other people those are other real people posting those things and that's what your child is consuming and i think a lot of parents like they don't make that connection they just think oh like she's looking at pictures or something let me pull this story from timcast.com florida mother suing school that secretly discussed gender transition with her middle schooler quote this is happening all over the nation she said a florida school was sued after it helped a student transition gender without informing or seeking the consent of the teen's parents January Littlejohn, that's her name, said she was outraged when school officials at Deer Lake Middle School in Tallahassee secretly discussed gender and transgenderism with her daughter without her knowledge. This is happening all over the nation. The same protocol is in place in many, many schools across districts everywhere, and even the guides being used to dictate these transgender support plans that cut parents out even have the same language. Littlejohn said her then 13-year-old daughter was friends with a group of students who transitioned to the opposite gender, a group. Her daughter reportedly expressed her own confusion over gender during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Little John later discovered the student's school had been developing a transgender support plan with a young teen in August of 2020. Little John said she was told by the school she could not be involved because of a non-discrimination law. She was also told by administrators that they could not disclose what had happened during their meetings with her child. Eventually, we did see the transgender support plan, which was a six-page document that they completed with my daughter who was 13 at the time, behind closed doors, where they asked her questions that would have absolutely impacted her safety. So this is why they passed the Parental Rights and Education Bill. Mm-hmm. Because schools are withholding this information and parents have rights over their kids. And this is like a tame example, too. If you go to, there's a really interesting substack. It's called PIT Parents, P-I-T-T Parents. It stands for Parents with Inconvenient Truths About Transgenderism. There's just like endless testimonies of these parents and the absolute hell that the schools put them through where the schools kind of they it's extremely manipulative they triangulate with the child against the parents and it's just it's horrific they'll get you know child protective services involved i know parents who have had child protective services called on them multiple times because they don't want to transition their 12 year old girl who's been convinced that she's a boy at school that is disgusting. so one of one it's of, horrific you, you mentioned in a in a previous uh, segment just earlier 
that, you know, you're on Tumblr and they tell you things like just experiment, like cut your hair. You yes. Know? And then when you do, they start praising you. Mm-hmm. They love you with, with, with praise. There were a few – there was a subreddit for detransitioners. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar. It's gone now. Yeah. Um, I don't believe it's gone. I believe that it's been down at certain times. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it is gone, then uh, – Well, there was one I remember a long time ago that I remember it disappeared. Okay, that might have been the first one because there is one I think that's still active right now. I don't really browse it, so I'm not sure if it got banned recently or there, something. But There was also a website that's gone that was for detransitioners. And the point that they were making was if you go online and you're feeling these things, mm-hmm. the only thing you will see is positive. Yes. You will see no negative – um, elements you will see no uh, detran- detransitioners. Yes, you will see nothing. But it was the best thing I ever did. When in reality, it's because the people who question it are getting banned, and the people who bring up these conversations are getting banned as well. Exactly, because the far left and big tech is doing everything within their power to erase the existence of people like you. Exactly, and also, I mean, the c- trans community itself really does operate like a cult. Like, there's not just pure censorship. There's all these social mechanisms involved that discourage people from listening to people like me. I mean, just recently, a, a popular trans uh, influencer was coming after me and just making videos about me, like, completely misrepresenting me, demonizing me, like, calling me a cunt and a and like all sorts of, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You said but, the, uh, you said the you worst, said the worst one is lost. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said the truth. We I take it back. I didn't mean it. Um, well, but, no, but she said this about oh, the, you. This, she was not well, saying well, all the advertisers this, accept your apology and they'll. Okay, I'm really. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, That's all right. Let it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> we we have virtual shit. Right? Okay, I'm sorry, but I should know that. Yeah. Uh, I'm no, sorry. Cool. Virtual. Nobody really cares. Um, but yeah, I mean, this person, biological male, by the way, uh, just like hurling horrible insults at me, completely demonizing me. Um, and it's just like all the followers just eat it up instead of, instead of engaging with me on what I'm actually saying, or maybe listening to like, hmm, maybe like she is telling the truth. It just has to be, no, she's lying. No, she's being paid. No, she's a shill. Maybe this biological male is upset that you're like actually a woman and they're jealous in some way. This, this, what you're describing, perhaps can be extrapolated and expanded to a common occurrence between what we colloquially colloquially refer to, I always screw that word up, refer to as the left and the right. Talk about taxes, talk about Ukraine, talk about anything, and you're describing the exact phenomenon. Mm. The left, as we call it, is the parent group that typically makes things up, demonizes, falsely represents, smears, and won't come on the show. Yeah. You know, tribalism. Make, make excuse for... I, don't, I think these people, for the most part, are... Uh, they're grifters, right? That's, they, they project on us. But I'll just I'll say right now, look, call it whatever you want. If we are inviting people on the show to come and explain their ideas and they won't do it, it's because they don't have any ideas. It's because all they are is a wad of emotional fire screaming into the wind. And when you say, please explain, they don't have anything to explain. They're just mad. It's like that comic. Right? See that comic where the guy's like, I'm angry. The other guy's like, here's a solution. And then he burns it. He's like, I don't want a solution. I want, I want to be angry. angry. Yeah. And because That's what it is. they have to protect their followers from witnessing their ideas being challenged. Mm. So I'm also curious about the role the adults in your life played. I know you mentioned that your parents mm-hmm. tried to help you. I mean, yeah. what, what happened with other adults? Were there educators, um, <clears throat> administrators, parents, friends who were involved? Yeah, so um, the only other adults that really played like a major feature in this whole situation was my school guidance counselor and my school psychologist, the therapist. And they were both 
very affirming to me. So the school guidance counselor, I, I came and told her like, you know, my parents don't accept me for being trans. Um, but I feel like if I don't transition, I'm going to kill myself basically is what I said. And did you feel that way at that time that you, would yeah, kill yourself I was going, I was really going through it. Like I had a lot going on in my life and I, I interpret it it all as it's because I'm trans, but really like the problems were much deeper. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all about being born in the wrong body. And I'm, I'm only asking you not to accuse you of, of misleading at that time in your life. I've just heard people say that they are told to say like, I will kill myself if I'm not affirmed. So that there, there is get, that, there is yeah. that, but you also do just kind of believe it because sure. like the thing about this is that like a lot of people who are drawn to this like they're they are drawn to something so drastic and so unhinged from reality because they're going through intense emotional pain and so like it really does feel to you that this is the only solution like this is the only possibility that you have is to like do this kind of crazy thing and transition and then maybe you'll have a chance at a happy life did it help wow. your, your psychology my did it did transitioning yeah, help me into that realm did it help you no no it definitely just derailed my life <laughs> i'm looking at this. rachel levine that i don't know if she's mm. a trans woman um and she said that top biden health or top biden health official that's rachel says trans youth being quote driven to depths of despair the way i look at it is that children are being driven to the depths yes. of despair yes and so they're they're thinking there's something like you were saying you were experiencing depression at the age of 13 yeah. because the world is nuts and it's been exposed at how nuts it is with the propaganda ministry and all this crap. I mean, there's lots of reasons to be depressed outside of your personal life. I think that exposition is driving people insane, including yeah. kids. That's yeah. a 20, brother. And it's like, it's again, it's, it's selection bias because a lot of the kids that are drawn to this are kids that already have deep emotional issues. Like, for example, I think there's statistics on like the California foster care system and like a hugely disproportionate amount of kids in the foster care system are identifying as trans. And of course, the law in California is like a trans them on the public dime. Um, but yeah, so I think you have a lot of kids that they have trauma or you know, autism is another big one. Um, kids with autism really struggle when they're growing up. Um, you have these kids who, like, they're really going through some very deep struggles and they get, they cling to this idea that they're really meant to be someone else. And then all the adults tell them, yes, you're really meant to be someone else. And then it, it creates a feeling of desperation. And so Levine is kind of taking advantage of that for a political reason and without really exploring, you know, why are these kids so desperate? If you we have a score check real quick. The chat is saying, Ian, natural 20. Natural yeah. 20, baby. Yeah. Let's confirm that critical. You know, if you could go back to when you were 13, I rolled a 39 again. Uh, no, no, that's a 63 upside down. My bad. It's all right. You already but gave us it's a, a 39. Final answer. If you go back to when you were 13 and think like if something was different, if you had some sort of experience or outlet or something that could have helped even remotely, what kind of stuff can you think? Do you think of? Um, I think it would have helped me a lot to have, like, um, honestly, better relationships with the adults in my life. Um, I just didn't feel like I was really kind of like heard, and um, yeah, I, I was just kind of allowed to like recede into this loneliness and isolation. And I think that I, I, you know, I would have really benefited from some gentle help to, you know help me kind of get out there and like make some real friends and stuff like that being so, heard is a key element of, of a human stability like yeah. for parents to allow even if the kid they don't understand what the kid's saying it's important yeah. i think to let the kid 
listen to the kids. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always tell parents because they like a lot of parents come to me like asking like, how do I talk to my kid about this? And it's like, yeah, your kid is going to be saying a lot of like ideological mumbo jumbo that you don't agree with but like you have to kind of resist just focusing on that and arguing and just like let them express themselves in the way that they know how so i would like to ask you then if you were speaking either to your own child or you know a child you were in some position of authority over and they basically said this to you that they felt that they were truly born in the wrong body what is the approach what's the response i know you sort of outlined some some general rules but i'm curious what you would say to them so if I had a long-term like relationship yeah, like with this, this is person, your child. okay, yeah. If, if this was my child, then yeah, I, I would, I would do my best to try to understand like their actual emotional experience because I think for me it was definitely a way of understanding my emotional experience, but it wasn't correct. It was all ideological and and like I learned it online and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I was having real emotions under there, so I think that. Um, what I would do in that situation as the adult is to try to connect with that young person on the things that are real, like their authentic feelings and concerns and doubts and anxieties and like just like try to bring that out and make them feel supported in that. And so they don't feel so desperate to like cling to these ideological beliefs. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting it. And one thing I find which is very insidious about these extremely effective far-left ideologies is they do a fantastic job of seizing onto actual trauma or actual pain yes. that people have experienced and then attaching ideological language to it. Yes. And then when anyone challenges that ideological language or stance, the person feels as if their trauma is precisely being challenged. precisely and that's why you hear like you're denying my existence because that's exactly the process that is happening all of the emotional baggage is being packaged up into this trans box this gender identity box and then when you misgender that person or when you argue about the trans ideology it literally feels like you're taking that whole box full of everything important to that person and throwing it out Yo, this is the deepest conversation I've had in like <laughs> six years. I, I, bro. I, I think well, one of the issues is actually. This is awesome. Um, can I ask you about your childhood? Is that I don't want to. Sure. Like, where? What kind of life, family did you have? Were you guys poor? Were you rich? Um, I would say my family was upper middle class. Um, so my parents were both professionals. Um, and yeah, I grew up in a mostly uh, similarly socioeconomic area with mostly, you know. Caucasian people. I wonder, is this phenomenon happening in low-income areas? It It's interesting. It it, it happens a lot in um, suburban areas of all classes, I would say, from my experience. Like, a, the suburbia thing is, is a common denominator. And then it also happens in kind of, like, the most disadvantaged kids, like the foster care kids. Right. I was just thinking, I, I wonder if there's a component to this of if – the worst trauma you've experienced is based on things you're seeing on the internet versus, I don't know, like your house burning down or, you know, gangbangers shooting at you. Then if someone comes to you and says, we don't respect your ideology, you'd, you'd be upset by that. If you're someone who grew up in, you know, gang neighborhoods, super low income areas, drug dealers, people are being beaten. You've seen people get murdered. I don't know how much you'd actually care about someone challenging your pronouns. Yeah, I think that that is a part of it, but I would kind of push back on the idea that these are kids who have never experienced any adversity. So even if they come from a, a physically sheltered and, and provided for uh, upbringing, I think that there is a huge common denominator between like various forms of kind of 
relational traumas or just unresolved adversities that they've been through. Like, um, I, uh, divorce is a really big one. I know that a lot of, uh, you know, detransitioners, they've had, you know, parents who one of the parents was abusive or an alcoholic. Maybe they weren't, uh, you know, extremely poor or anything, but they had to, you know, grow up with like a, an addict in the house. Um, and for me, my, one of the things that was most personally impactful for me and my mental health issues growing up was a, a childhood grief that I had really never processed. It was a major, major loss. What do you think the next 20 years will look like with all of these kids who are transitioning? Oh, man. Um, I'm really scared for a lot of people because you already see like people. I, I consider myself very lucky in that I didn't really have any long term physical consequences. But like I know people who had their breasts cut off when they were 16 or had their testicles cut off when they were 17 or 18. And it's just like these people are really hurting. Like it's, it's extreme. It's a lot to wrap your head around and deal with when you're, you know, when you've been through that. And then you have like all the little kids right now who are, you know, they're the ones going through the puberty blockers and they're being put on the cross sex hormones. At some point, they're going to be 22, 23, 24, 25, and they're going to have to, you know, start thinking back on their childhood and, and think like, how much was this really my decision? And, and like, what are the consequences of this? So I think there's going to be a lot to reckon with, with those people. And I don't know if they will all be people who very clearly regret it. Maybe they'll just be very psychologically disturbed. I but. think parents have to tell their kids what to do. Yeah. I think they're, they're, I, I've heard a lot of parents say things like, you know, I want my kids to just, you know, do what they want to do. Like, I want them to tell me. And I'm like, your kids don't know what they want to do, man. Yeah. Like, you need to, you take your kid. And they're like, you gotta be, you gotta be giving your kids something to do. As, as soon as they're born, you should be showing them things. You shouldn't be assuming that they're stupid. Children, human babies are not stupid. They lack knowledge. Children are not stupid. They lack knowledge. Now, there are some stupid people, don't get me wrong, but children as a whole are as smart as anybody else, but they lack knowledge and they lack certain developmental functions in the brain, like risk assessment, things like that, which is why they need parents to guide them, which means a seven-year-old doesn't understand why it would be great to learn French. And you'll be like, trust me, the French lessons are going to be awesome. When that, when, when these, when these people grow up, you, you learn, learning another language and they're in their late twenties and they're like, oh, I speak two or three languages. Wow. All of a sudden they have this valuable skill. It's easier mm -hmm. to navigate the world. Musical instruments, same issue. I don't want to do piano lessons. Parents, if you've got kids who hate doing the, the piano lesson, it's because you need to get them to hang out with other kids who play music too, so they can be with their peers. But then when those kids are older and they're really good at an instrument, they're going to be so grateful they can do it. The problem is I think parents are just like, tell me what you want. We'll do it. Well, kids don't know what they want. They want to be, you know, astronauts when they're seven. It's like, okay, well, if you want to be an astronaut, you got to start doing these things right now. And they're going to be like math and, and science. But I want to go to space now. I think another big issue is that parents have really had their instincts and their decision-making capabilities undermined by this idea that, oh, everything needs to be deferred to the experts. Mm -hmm. And if you disagree with the expert, well, you're just uneducated and you're just um, obsolete and you're outdated and you don't have the up-to-date scientific information. And there's so many parents out there. I mean... There are those crazy parents who like they're really into transing their kid, but there's also a lot of parents where I just don't think that they have the confidence when some, you know, s 
Ivy League educated doctor tells them that their kid needs to be put on puberty blockers and that it's very safe and effective, that they don't have the, the confidence to actually like go look into that themselves and then oppose that authority figure. Can we just acknowledge that there is a happy medium between believing the earth is flat <laughs> and saying, I'm not a biologist and I can't tell you what a woman is? Like perhaps there's a point where you don't have to be an expert to just point out some basic things. Mm-hmm. You know, don't believe the crazy guy on the internet who's like, NASA's lying to you. The earth is flat. And then it's like, okay, well, that's kind of nuts. I think the earth is round. But then you've got someone over here, a Supreme Court just being like, I am not a biologist. I don't know what a woman is. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I think I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. And I just want to mention that when it comes to something as basic and fundamental as your child's gender, yes. right? You know the differences between boys and girls. You know what your child is. The doctor, the expert already told you as soon as they were born that they were a boy or a girl. And this idea that... I mean, they guessed. Yeah, you're right. They made a guess. But this idea, it's so ridiculous, this idea that, um, you know, like the school guidance counselor is an expert on your kid, but you aren't, mm-hmm. is so backwards. Well, I'm the gym saying, teacher told me that they didn't know what a woman was, so I defer to the gym teacher. Well, <laughs> I guess my point is, like, obviously, there are some, like, specific insights you can get from a medical professional, right? But the idea that this, this like, guidance counselor fundamentally knows your child's identity and you completely missed it, it's, it's, it's asinine. But that's the whole undercurrent throughout all of this, is that the parents are bad, the parents don't know what they're doing, the parents are stupid, listen to the experts and if the parents won't let you listen to the experts and you need to take the child away from the parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah let's go to super chats if you have not already smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show with everyone you know and love because uh, grassroots marketing really is the most powerful thing uh, we've spent no, zero dollars marketing this show it's all grassroots all people sharing stuff so really do appreciate it head over head over to timcast.com we're gonna have a members only show coming up it'll be published at around 11 p.m and as a member, you're supporting our journalists. And get those super chats in with your questions because we are going to start reading them now. Mr. Slendy says, can men get pregnant or are we not allowed to have an opinion on abortion? Both cannot be true. Lefties, you've painted yourself into a logical paradox. Oh, they don't care. Logic doesn't matter to them. No truth but power. I agree. There's no logic. You know, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person who prefers some logic in the arguments. There needs to be rules to understand how the system works. And so when they say like, here's our position on this thing, I say, what is your basis for this thing? And they're like, shut up. Do you agree with us or not? Exactly. It's like, okay. All right. Let's see what we got. Uh, da, 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 da. Rolling ones. Let's see. Matt Nill says, Tim, did you see the news that the Roe v. Wade draft leaked may be a cover for the massive info dump about Pfizer? Also, did you see CDC admits it purchased location information to track people if people were vaxxed uh, or within curfew? I did, curfew, I did see that. I don't really care for the conspiracy theory about covering something up. I mean, the Pfizer stuff did come out. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw that. What were Pfizer's profits were up this quarter by like 75% or something? After, hmm. Come on, Pfizer, such a racket. Oh, man. Pharmaceutical. When did people fall out and, and fall back in love with pharmaceutical companies? Right. And Allergies. Why? Fear of fear of COVID, basically. I would I would like to file a complaint against all the trees who are assaulting me right now. Yeah. You go outside and there's just green everywhere. Keep drinking water. It, the pollen dehydrates you, tickles your throat. But if you drink a lot of water and eat less sugar, you should be okay. Real. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Seamus, today's cartoon was super fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. Which one was that? Y'all better go check it out. You, you guys are just going to have to watch it someday when you're older. It's a, it's a, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> guys, go watch it right now. Freedom Tunes. We're also releasing one on Thursday. You're very much going to enjoy it. I- All right. Cyrus Nershel says, I sent an email to spin the UFO a few weeks ago about getting an IT job with you fine folks, but no reply. Are there still open IT positions or did my email just suck? 
Um, well, there's potentially the issue is just that we have I think twelve thousand emails. Yeah. So you're doing a good job. And just, just I don't handle any TimCast employee any of that. So if don't message me with that. I'm only working on the charity stuff, which is a completely different organization. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, guys, I laughed so hard during the drive to work this morning. The members show was so off the rails, I thought Tim might actually drop kick Ian. <laughs> last night? I got a lot of responses about the members only show last night. That was awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people were mad at you. I thought so. I felt that in the air. So the, 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 but the main issue was that we were talking about the story in Philadelphia where a guy on the train was raping a woman and nobody did anything. I know. And I was like, I would dropkick the dude. And Ian was like, I'm not getting involved. Yeah, we were talking about getting involved with a woman killing her fetus. Is that similar to like seeing someone get attacked on the subway? That was kind of like, we never really went too deep into that schism. I like that word schism. I think you said that earlier. Um, and then what else? There's another thing we were talking about we would do. But basically, like, would you come to someone's aid if they were getting attacked? And then is that also like a baby in the womb? Like, will you come to their aid if the mother is going to abort it? Well, I think the main thing that people were concerned about was like you said you would not intervene to protect the woman, and I said I would. Yeah, it, the the conversation got pretty twisted pretty quick. I've actually been thinking about this today. Like, if someone's getting attacked, then I mean, calling the cops isn't enough. You got to make a split second decision. On a train, or, you are can't. you going to get involved? Right. Under, I mean, the, I think they have cell nodes down in the subways now. But the issue was, I don't think I, I think you make a good legal point about how the left runs cities. Like, oh, you're the one who's going to go to prison if you try and stop this guy. So most people are like, I'm not getting involved. You know, back in the day, you'd be like, if I get involved, I, I know I'm not getting in trouble. I'm, I'm helping. Nowadays, it's like that dude will sue you and you'll lose. And you'll get arrested. Yeah. Like the, the criminal will sue you. They could be making a movie for all I know. There are those stories about criminals who are breaking into someone's house and then sue the homeowner after they get injured breaking in. Insanity. That was a great show last night. I highly recommend people check it out. <laughs> yeah. Danny's lit. Danny Apparently, Yeah, yeah. Danny was cool. Danny was cool. <laughs> he loved it. All right. What's what's going on? Am I, are we stuck here? All right. Eric Redbeard says, Carlin Borsenko makes the point that Republicans just lost every woman who left the Democrats in the last two years. You'll lose every election for the rest of your lives, declares uh, declares for LP. Thoughts? No idea. I'm not a woman. I don't even know what a woman is. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case, but I don't know. I I'm mean, pretty I'm not sure in the business of making predictions. Lydia is going to vote Republican. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that I don't think that every woman just left the Republican Party. I think that women who left the, sorry, the Democrat Party, I think that women that left the Democrat Party for a reason are going to be like, perfect. This is exactly why I left the Democrat Party. And the fact they're spazzing out about this is only going to make them more committed. And Carlin is um, perhaps misled about this, I would say. I don't know. Greg Duvier says, Ian, great job playing devil's advocate on the members only segment last night. You even... You even fooled Tim until he saw something on your screen giving away you were acting like Bill Gates. Great job acting. <laughs> he was lying. It was, I'm not a Bill Gates fanboy. I do run Windows. He was making an argument about like the overconsumption or something. And then I made the oh, joke. Oh gosh, it got dark. Yeah. I made the, I made the joke that he must be reading Bill Gates to make yeah, those arguments. Yeah, I was talking about like having too many people, what that even means. It's just such a good show. It was such a good show. I'd love to go have another one of those. And it was not family friendly. No. They were like really, really gruesome. Dark Danny was like, jokes. this is what the after show is. This should be every show. <laughs> I was like, we'd be banned in two be seconds, awesome. dude. Don't let your kids listen. Yeah. Cause this show is kind of like, you know, uh, we gotta add, we gotta, we gotta add the opening monologue from a comedian and a musical guest and then we'll be just like Stephen Colbert. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. But, uh, I, we, we do try to make this so that, you know, people can turn this on and their kids might be in the room and we don't, you know, say nasty words just cause 
people like uh, some sanctity around their families. All right. Trash Panda says, looking for some advice from Seamus. I had a short conversation with a good friend and coworker, and he believes in abortion up to birth. And it would be better to kill a newborn than, a, than uh, adoption homes. I'm curious what advice he's asking for. Like, there isn't a specific question. How how should he counter that argument? How should he respond to that? That's, I mean, that's a good question. How should you respond to the, how should you respond to someone who thinks it's okay to murder a child after they've been born? I'm not sure what response you could get to that person if they've genuinely said that. If this is a case where you think that this person's principles lead them to that position, you need to expose that to them and help them understand. If this is a person who says that they are okay with slaughtering a child after they've been born, I think, I'm not sure if a conversation is going to affect that. I would say to pray for them. Um, I would I would say that maybe you can try to persuade them that human life has value. But I don't know if someone doesn't believe human life is intrinsically valuable. I don't know what you can say to them, if that makes sense. I feel like that's not a position based on like any kind of logic on their yeah. part. I feel like that's a very emotional position. And I don't know if you're going to get through to them. Yeah, well, it's like my friend says I can murder babies. What, how, how should I respond to that? Like, they said uh, that it's you're better off killing the born in infant than giving it up for adoption, which I don't agree that's with. That's insane. Like, that's I a horrifically that evil thing adopted. to say. Yeah. yeah. I know kids of kids that were adopted that are phenomenal, fantastic humans. Like, maybe if that if your friend meets somebody that's been adopted or whose parents have been adopted, that might help. Yeah, this this person clearly has a very twisted worldview. Right. And, uh, maybe I this would... person was raised in, like, foster care and had a very bad experience hmm. or something. Hmm. Mimatype says, Matt Walsh is basically making the libertarian argument. We've been saying this for a while. It's called right to evict. The woman can decide to not be pregnant, but there is a duty to save the life of the baby if possible. That's not what Matt that's, Walsh is yeah, saying that's not what Matt at Walsh all. Uh, Matt Walsh is saying if there's an instance where there is a procedure which is required to save the life of the mother and it puts the child at risk, you can perform the procedure, but you need to do everything possible to save the child. He is absolutely not saying that you can just evict a child from their, from their mother's uterus. Brandon Hill says, I am mostly anti-abortion, but this was the wrong hill to die on at this time. Now we face ending the filibuster, packing the courts and losing the midterms because the moderates side with pro-choice. We lost the culture war. I do not believe it is true that the moderates side with the Democrats with pro-choice. I think the issue is the ignorant do because I'm somebody who's repeatedly said over and over again that I fall in the more safe, legal and rare category. But there's no one to vote for who supports that. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, also, do vote for? the country's you know pretty split on this 50-50. I can tell you what the country's not split on. Inflation, they don't like it. I can tell you the country doesn't like high gas prices. They don't like that food costs more than it's costed in our lifetimes. They don't like the fact that our country looks ridiculous on the foreign stage right now. I, I, serious question. Are there like millennial women who are really planning on getting abortions and they're worried about like a woman who's not gotten abortion is like i might need one and now this is bad for me because like the blue states aren't going to be getting rid of this yeah and also look it's not as if um when you look at this this issue you're absolutely correct but also it's gonna as far as i'm aware even if this passes stay legal in the blue states but it's hilarious because the left is going oh my goodness you know everyone's gonna vote for us now because of this And at the same time, they're threatening violence and saying we need to riot and have a revolution. So I wouldn't be too concerned. I I think the left is really set on handing us a victory here. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But if the right does anything which could be considered politically unpopular, the left is going to react by, like, freaking out and rioting and making themselves look like idiots. So, all right. Kyle says, Helena, how do you rate male privilege during your brief tenure? Is it all that it is hyped up to be? (laughs) I don't think I experienced being a man <laughs> at all. What year? So no, I can't. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't really, I mean, I don't believe in like the whole privilege oppression stuff, but, um, I, I just hesitate to say that I had a experience of a man because I don't think I did. There, there is a, uh, there was this, this woman who identified as a man and she said her experience was so different and it was sad. She was like, men are not, like nobody cared about your feelings anymore, men or women, mm-hmm. that it was like a very different experience that was very cold and lonely. Yeah, there, there was, a, I believe, a lesbian journalist who dressed up as a man on an undercover project. And I thought that was interesting. But on the other hand, that is a woman being treated as a man as opposed to a man being treated as a man. So probably not going to enjoy well, it. But they didn't know that. No, I understand. No, I understand that, but it's possible. I mean, because men and women are different, that the emotional reaction a woman would have to being treated like a man right, would be right, negative. Right. Whereas for a man, it wouldn't yeah, be. I don't want to be lauded with emotion when I walk around during the day. Like I, I, I appreciate people that kind of leave me alone and let me be. You can kind of see that happening. It's like when women, when when men try to like joke with women the way they joke with other men, women take it like so badly, and they get they they think it's like the man being mean to her personally. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it can happen. And so, yeah, I mean, men and women are different. And if you treat a, a woman like a man, she's probably not going to be all that happy. Let me, let, me, let me tell you guys something. I've talked about this before. Uh, so a guy walks into his office. Let's call it a law firm. And uh, yeah, I, I see Seamus. I walk in, I see Seamus, and I go, oh, Seamus, that's a great shirt, man. Where'd you get that? If you, you're actually looking pretty good. You're working out? You get a haircut or something? Hey, man. Then I pat him on the shoulder and... What are you talking to me for? That's no, that's no. That, that's 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 uh, it would be like a fine interaction. Yeah, yeah. A guy exactly. walks up to the guy and was like, "Whoa, yeah, dude, you've been hitting nice the gym, shirt. bro." Been, yeah, I'd be like, "Hey, I appreciate it. I haven't, but you know, I, I, this is a cool shirt." Thank then, you. Then you walk up, he, he grabs him on the shoulder, pats him, was like, "Great outfit, man. That suit's looking sharp, dude. You're looking good." Now imagine a guy walks up to a woman in a dress and he goes, "Ooh, wow, you're looking good. You hitting the gym, Karen? Ooh, nice dress." Pats her on the shoulder, he's fired. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, to, to be fair, you threw some ooze in there that the guy didn't get. But regardless, even if, even if <laughs> ooh, those weren't shame. there, like ooh, shameless, you're working po- out. Popular but, or unpopular? But even if those take? wasn't weren't there, I agree with you that that would be a if, whole if, different if story. If a guy went up to a guy and was like, "It was like, hey man, you're looking pretty good. You hitting the gym? That's a great outfit, by the way. You get a haircut or something? You're just looking good. Hey man, keep up the good work. Here's the here's those those reports from last week." Mm-hmm. Say the exact same thing to a man. Oh, you're looking good, man. You, you, you hitting the gym, Karen? That's a great outfit, by the way. You get a haircut or something? You're looking great. Here, yeah. here are the reports. You'd be like, what? I think it's because yeah. adult men and women cannot be friends. It could, mm-hmm. I mean, that might be a stretch, uh, but I think that's why you have a girlfriend and a boyfriend and you have mm-hmm. one because you choose to go down that path towards marriage or relationship with one. They can be friends. They're just different dynamics. Yeah. And I think that you, I think usually if a guy were to come up to like a female coworker that he's not really, you know, close friends with or anything and, and be like, you know, Looking you look good. so good. You've been going to the gym. Like usually that would be from like a flirtatious place. Right. It, it, there's just different dynamics there. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree with you, Ian, especially like if you're in a committed relationship or if you're married, right? There's just the dynamics are completely different between yourself and the opposite sex. It's not as if you're in a position where it's like, oh, I could just be friends with everybody. Oh, yeah. If you went yeah. out and got hammered with some girl, but yeah. you were married at the yeah. time, like that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But you could get hammered with a dude and mm-hmm. just have fun like your friend. I don't know. I, I Yeah, I agree. This one, I, I would like to see what you guys think in chat. Can men and women, adult men and women, be friends? Mm-hmm. Super Let's chat. All right. Cal Miller says, a civil war in the United States will be the end of Taiwan, NATO, and the global order. Agreed. Anything? No? Just All right. There we go. Nice. Slam. Confirmed. Yes. Yeah, okay. civil war would trigger a bunch of that a global conflict. 
Delhi Opla says, over the last few years, I've been obsessed with the Cold War and doing a lot of research on it. And right now, America is giving off some serious 1980s Soviet Union vibes. Ooh, man. Well, I guess we only have a few years, huh? Elaborate. Well, the 80s was the end of the Soviet Union. Yeah, they got bankrupted and fell apart, basically. And uh, I wonder what's going on now. Yeah, wild. So, what so do we, what do we expect do? the oligarchs to come in and say, we're running the show now, like Klaus Schwab and BlackRock and all this stuff. They're going to come in and be like, It'd be amazing. business like, as usual. Elon Musk starts like going around with a bunch of like paramilitary guys taking over <laughs> factories. And he's like, I'm in charge now. Memes. And then he starts posting memes. That's what he actually Anime just did. The crazy thing is, is <laughs> Jeff Bezos already has a bunch of factories all over the place. He doesn't even have to go in and coerce the workers. Aren't they, isn't Amazon buying malls or something? I don't know. They're doing something like that. Yeah. All right. Timothy Barsati says both breaking points hosts agree that if there is one person to blame for Roe overturning, it is uh, it is not Trump, but rather Ruth Bader Ginsburg for not retiring and greeting out the first female president, Hillary. That's an interesting, out. interesting uh, statement. Someone mentioned that to me on Twitter, I think, earlier today, too. If, if RGB had resigned when Obama was president, then Obama could have. Then it would be 5-4 upholding Roe v. Yeah, Wade right you now. justices got to figure out when enough is enough. Step down when it's time to step down. They're arrogant. They were all arrogant. And our, Ruth Bader Ginsburg wanted to be there to greet the first female president. So she's like, I am not retiring for this. It's going to be historic. And then, dude, everybody hated Hillary. Are you nuts? Hillary was so bad. Crazy. Brave New Clown World says the Civil War was started over much less. Look up the moral tariff. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. Get ready for Civil War Round 2. Look that up. M-O-R-R-I-L-L tariff. Interesting. I don't. I hope you guys don't want Civil War. That's the most... Dis- I mean, I don't think... If you haven't no, been to war but people and might you're want, talking about it, that's like... People might want peaceful divorce. Okay. But that's, that's what? Federalism? It's like, okay, so yeah. red states can have red state laws and blue states can have blue state laws and Ten you can minutes. move between them. Yep. I actually think that's a pretty good system. Yeah. The problem is the Democrats are like, we want the entire country to uphold our way of life. And so gun rights is the easiest example. You know, uh, Billy Joe in the mountains of West Virginia doesn't need to be constrained by the same gun laws as Anthony in New York City. That's why I think it would be more of a revolution than a civil war because it would be like the federal government's gone too far kind of thing and the states have had enough. Well, all right, let's read some more. Jason Take says, big fan of uh, of all you guys do. I would love to build you a conference table out of solid walnut with clear epoxy inlays. And Ian could fill it with some crazy rocks. Would do it at cost as long as I can personally deliver it. I don't know what we would do at the table. Maybe soon, though, uh, we have a new table that's getting built. It's going to have every, everyone's going to be able to control their own headphone volume. Could you do that same thing with wall? Like wall? What is this called? paneling wall wall with this wall 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 (laughs) could you do that could you do like inlaid epoxy wall paneling that we could put stuff in our walls are actually floors yeah they are it's vinyl flooring yeah Yeah, we we bought a bunch of vinyl flooring and then you just cut it and stick it to the wall it's very thick and it's very heavy looking good yeah it's good fun jn says the opposite of life is death not choice the bible says choose life fact check seamus what is that um the opposite of Life is not choice. I mean... Is death not choice? The opposite of life is death. Yeah, I mean... Well, because I think they're making an argument about the terms pro-life and pro-choice. It's like, yeah, they're pro-death. Pro-death. Oof. Liza P. Liza P. says, Abortion is a euphemism. 
What's done isn't an abortion. The only proper word is murder. Yep. Not only is it a euphemism, the word itself is entirely inaccurate as it pertains to the act. Hmm. Interesting. So maybe we need new words. So you can say, you know, emergency medical procedure for when it's an emergency medical procedure and termination of the baby, just call it termination of the baby. Call killing. Well, because the left means something different when they say abortion. I think, but here's the thing. I don't actually know that they do because you're right that they'll try to take these hard cases they that they, they will describe, but they'll take these hard cases that they describe as abortions uh, or so the the examples we've mentioned were like a procedure is performed that puts the child at risk rather than something that directly kills the child. But then they'll try to use that to like justify going in and killing a child. And not only that, but like going in the, and killing a child for any reason. To the, so what they are defending at the end of the day is okay. what we would describe as abortion. What What the left describes as abortion ranges from the needless termination of a fetus, killing of the baby, all the way to the baby is already dead and needs to be removed from the womb. They call that an abortion. So, like, there needs to be a better way to describe it. I hear you. I guess my point is that when they talk about these other instances, they're using it to try to justify completely legal legal abortion up until the point of um, birth, basically. All right. Well, all right. Jay Champagne says, Ian, I saw the low roll at the beginning of the show, but Call of Cthulhu is an RPG that uses a D100 for skill checks. And in that system, lower rolls are better than high ones. Well, there you go, Ian. Ooh, then I nailed that four. Ashton uh, de Rojas says, The chaos flame description sounds like the frenzied flame from Elden Ring, where you go mad by being exposed to it and spread it around. Yeah, I like that metaphor that people's rage is like fire. What was it that like the... It's chaotic fire. It's destructive and it consumes. But fire itself has a logic to it in the right contained environment it functions exactly as you expect it to so it's only when the environment is chaotic that fire takes on that behavior billy mazik says told my 13 year old niece to catch a lightning bug then asked if she had the right to kill it even though she clearly had the power i then said if you didn't want to be responsible for it why did you grab it what if someone grabs a lightning bug and throws it at at her and it gets in her hair and then she's like ah get it off me get it off me and then, eventually, then it was then imposed on her. It. Speaking of, I had a stink bug on my finger earlier, and I didn't know it was a stink bug, so I squeezed it, and it oh. juiced all over my finger. Ah. I still try. It I gotta go wash it. Juiced all over your yeah. finger. Ew. Don't yeah. sniff it. What are you doing? I'm, I'm just an animal, you know. <laughs> well, all right. Iggy the Incubus says, "Where was the uproar over Scotus case five months ago when it initially came out that Roe was effectively done? Anyways, this feels like an attempt to galvanize for midterms and to distract from the disinfo, in, disinfo governing board." I don't know about the midterms, man. We're six months away from the midterms. That's yeah. eternity in politics. Yo, that's what they call it an October surprise. Yeah. The news will come out a week before the midterms, and it'll be like Joe Biden farted. And yeah. then everyone's going to go, ah, and they're going to forget all about this. Oh, here's a good one. Scrobaca says, Amazon put out a press release that they would start paying up to $4,000 for travel for staff for medical procedures, including abortion, yesterday before the SCOTUS leak. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on the after show last yeah. night. Yep. Basically. A cynical, horrifically evil business decision. People who kill their babies are actually cheaper as employees than people who have children because you don't have to pay them the wage that would be necessary to care for a family. Michael Hope says, Helena is spot on. I used Tumblr as a teenager and was completely radicalized in the same way. They promote and praise mental disorders. Yeah, they call it neurodivergence, right? Yeah. And you like like list all of your mental problems? Yeah, and you self-diagnose as the different ones. And yeah, it goes deep. Yeah. Wow. 
All right. Casey says, yo, Ireland, you can probably just ask her a question without preface, pre- prefacing as a trans <laughs> for to Ian. You guys rock. Who's Ireland? Who are they referring to? I don't know. Is that out. racist? That's extremely offensive. First of all, you can refer to me without having Ireland in there. Do you understand? <laughs> you can. So you can. But as a as a formerly trans person. <laughs> all right, Sire Williamson says what she is saying is so true. Because of my intersex defect, I had to take 200 milligrams of testosterone just to bring me up to a safe level. Life threatening low levels for a man. And my feelings were all over. Can't imagine a woman. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. All right. Thomas Bowman says, Tim cast for 2024, Seamus as VP. First of all, first pl- first place does not go to the vice president, okay? I will be running that it is Shibcast IRL. <laughs> all right. Murph Try says, I got an ad on YouTube for puberty blockers, but it was advertised as a treatment for CPP. Immediately realized this was their cover story for the treatment. What's CPP? Precocious puberty. It's wow. a yeah. It's a disorder where people will have puberty onset much earlier than they should. Oh yeah, I was reading about that. But even even for that, uh, if you look at the people who have been treated with Lupron for that, they as adults have severe health issues. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. All right, Liam says starting June fifth, I'll start work as a wildland firefighter up in Oregon. I'll try to still watch the show between the fires, keeping the nicotine addicted drunk Irish firefighter stereotype alive. Yeah. Well, all right. Steven says a nurse practitioner in certain states can act as a medical provider independent of an MD. That is true. Aether Eater says, hey, crew, check out the ordeal of the bitter water numbers five to 13 in the Bible. Reddit keeps referencing this to dunk on conservatives. Yeah, so we were sort of talking about this before the show. This was something in the Old Testament which refers to um, a procedure if a woman was – it was basically a practice if a woman was accused of adultery. It's only referenced once. And most translations actually refer to it as the woman becoming like infertile if she's cheated on her husband or something. I think there might be – some that use the the a phrase which can indicate miscarriage, but most translations refer to it as something more along the lines of fertility. Yeah, so is, that's not really an honest argument. This is from the old – it's ancient practice where if a woman was thought to have cheated on her husband, they'd go to the priest. The priest would be like, drink this water that I put some dirt in or whatever. And if you cheated on your husband, you're going to be cursed with m- miscarriages and infertility. And, and so she gets all stressed if she cheated on her husband. This is where I think it comes from. And so her stress kills the baby. Well, but no, she's not even pregnant. I, I don't believe it even references her being pregnant. Right. It just says that it would make her unable to have a child or barren. Some translations say miscarry, but the ones I've read don't use that. It basically just refers to infertility. And it's only referenced once. It's not exactly something that's like delineated as a common occurrence. So it's not an honest argument at all. All right. Common Sense Fishing says to Matt Walsh and Seamus, my friend's wife was six months pregnant. Baby became cancerous, not mom, Mm. was spreading to mother and baby was still alive. Abortion was the only option to save mom and baby not viable. Yeah, that's that's an interesting case. I've never heard of something like that. Um, I haven't considered that specific instance. I believe you should still do everything you can to save the life of a child, as I've mentioned earlier. I'm not sure what that would entail. I mean, it just seems reasonable. Like this, this a story like this has to happen. We we know there are mm-hmm. biological issues with some babies, and 
Yeah, I don't know that the answer is to directly do an abortion. I'm not sure what interventions could take place to attempt to save the life of a child. I'm saying if those interventions are possible, they should be carried out. What if it's not possible? It's just like, take the baby out, the baby dies, but the mom lives. Yeah, I think you do everything you can to save the child and the mother. And if you can't, if the, again, if the child dies, the child does die. I, I, I think the, the issue is that argument is aligned with the medical exemption the left talks about, but they act like conservatives don't feel that way at all. Mm. I don't, cause I don't think they actually talk to conservatives. Like, that, uh, that Guardian article from Stephen Marsh, he mentions that Republicans are going to – there's going to be a, a fight, unrest and, and rioting and stuff, potentially civil civil war over abortion. But he's like Republicans are going to lose anyway because banning abortion doesn't stop abortion. And I'm like, I, I think your position, Seamus, was like, so what? Could you repeat that? Yeah. He said that banning abortion won't stop women from having abortions. Well, I mean, in certain circumstances, and Ian and I were talking about this earlier, but basically anytime you pass any kind of law, there are going to be people who break it. That doesn't mean a law doesn't need to exist in the first place. You were saying, I think you said to me before, so what? The state shouldn't endorse it. It should be illegal. Yeah, no, I don't think think abortion should be legal. No, no. All right. Adrian Contreras says, does anyone else miss the 80s? I do. I don't remember the 80s. Yeah, I wasn't so, there. I they know. were okay. It was a lot of big hair, hairspray. Um, hot the, pants. The music, yeah, a lot of hot pants. Um, <laughs> you had to ride your bike to neon get around. Neon leopard print. What about... What's neon, going on in the 80s, dude? Yeah, that was weird. What it was, was your like favorite? the Guns N' Roses era. Yeah. My favorite part yeah, of the 80s. Yeah, favorite part of the 80s. Cartoons. Cartoons, okay. They were pretty safe. You could just sit down in front of the mm. TV and get like... You know, normal, funny. I mean, they were pretty crappy too, looking back on them. But it was the cartoons, and also the NES. It was the breakthrough of video games, really, that altered my reality because I had the Atari in '82, and then we got a Nintendo in '85, which was just uh, gobstomping, uh, awesome. And then we got a Sega Genesis, and you're like, "What is Dude. happening to reality?" All of a sudden, now, and then you start to see these photorealistic things, and you're able to manipulate them. I mean, for a young child, that was incredible. It's funny because the Genesis was before my time, but we didn't have like a video game system as uh, kids, and so we got a Sega Genesis from a garage sale. Oh my goodness, that thing was so much fun. Dude. All right, Age of of One says I detransitioned at 29 after realizing my transition was due to trauma after the death of my fiance to fentanyl. I was on hormones two years, and now I may be infertile. Love the show. God saved me. Wow. All right, let's let's uh, let's grab a couple more. Let's see what we got. I don't want to miss any of these from up here. Ooh, you know what? Let's talk about Planned Parenthood in the members only because there's one that's very spicy having to do with eugenics. So I'll, uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the members only. Yep. I think it's going to be interesting. Yep. And uh, uh, Nikki says to eat local honey. I do. It doesn't work. Huh. It does not cure allergies. I don't, I, everyone's always said, that, like, have you taken local honey? It's like, dude, we have so much farm local honey. It's amazing that I love. It doesn't do anything. Also, I cut out the sugar because mm. you know, sugar's bad. But uh, uh, honey, I do have a little bit of. All right. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Republicans in the midterms coming up. And let's see. Uh, let's just try and grab one more here. Big Red says Roe v. Wade is the slavery issue of our time. The 1857 Supreme Court decision Dred Scott v. Ferguson and the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision both rendered people as property. Interesting. All right, everybody. If you haven't done so already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. And head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only show coming up. That will be published at 11 p.m. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast basically everywhere. Helena, do you want to shout out anything? Oh, yeah. Um, I have a sub stack where I talk about trans issues um, and detransition stuff. Uh, it is the same as my Twitter handle, just .substack.com. Did you put my Twitter handle in I the did. description? In the okay. Description. So just take that, type it in, Substack. There you go. 
My name is Seamus. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We're going to be releasing a cartoon on Thursday. We also just released one today. I think you guys will enjoy. And also, I got to say, I think this was a fantastic episode. I it was great having you on. Cool. Thank um, you. And for clarification, I'm 43 years old in solar age, which means my body's been around the sun 43 times. In genetic age, I, you'd have to figure that one out on your own. How young is my body? Because it's they're different. Sometimes a young solar body may have rapid genetic aging and vice versa. I think because Ian never sees the sun. I stay out of the sun a lot. I don't eat, I cut sugar out like at age 28. I cut back on sugar. Um, make a lot of internet videos. So I fix my posture. Like I watch myself doing wrong. So I try and rectify it on a daily basis. It's kind of crazy because, uh, you know, we've been, I've been skating quite a bit recently, blading and, uh, you know, after one year of progression, I'm getting, we've had a seven foot vert ramp. I'm like a foot or two over the coping and I'm like, it's getting bigger. And I'm looking back at some of the people my age who used to skate too, who are just, they're just out of it. Dude, I saw a picture of you on Instagram where you're, you got air, man. Yeah. That was awesome. Big air. Yeah. I'm 36. I skate all the time and it, I, I do, I, I, I don't know. This is the thing to me. I remember being a teenager skating and meeting skaters who were in their thirties and they were like, you know, it gets harder. You got to stretch. I do not feel any different today than when I was 16. Magnetics 15. will lift you up, baby. I, I, I'm not even kidding when I say that. Maybe it's because we, I take this biotrust stuff. Or I think whatever. there's something about internet videos. When you watch yourself on video, you maintain that, that visage. Like you stay that age almost genetically. Your body's no. like adapting to it. And if other people watch it, they think that that's who you are. If like they watch a video from eight years ago, they think that's you. So they, their impression of you is that you're younger. So they treat you like you're younger. I don't know. All I know is, I look at a lot of people who are like, I'm too old to do those things anymore, and they look like they're middle-aged, and I'm just like, I'm doing the same stuff I've been doing since I was a teenager, yeah, and I don't I, feel any different. I won't use the age as an excuse not maybe, to do Maybe stuff. it's because I never stopped exercising, and I've maintained better health. I had periods where I was like eating really bad. Like I weighed, like I think, 200 pounds in December, and now I'm down to like 170-something. Nice. We no were, sugar. We were at Daily Wire. I was like, hey, how high can you jump, Tim? And he was like, dude, you got massive air. You got must have like three feet vert just standing still. Yeah, probably. Is that how high up you get? Yep. That's nuts. All right, we got Lydia pressing the buttons. Yeah, I am pressing the buttons, and I was going to say, I was out at the Blader Cup last weekend in L.A., and those guys are about Tim's age or older, and they are all looking fine. So it turns out if you just continue doing the things you did when you were younger, that will keep you young. I really think that's a ticket. Anyway, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz. We will see you all at TimCast.com for this member segment. It's probably going to be really dark. Hmm. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all there. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.